this thing's been three and a half, it could be four by game time. I don't know where it is right now. Like, I don't know. But if it's at four or three, like, yeah, I'm going to bet the Eagles. I think I am. It was a tough game last week, and now they're going to come back and they're going to be more focused than they normally are. Exactly. The Greenlight Podcast welcomes you. Thanks for joining us today. We've got week 14 NFL previews, a full Studio J, Chris Long, Macon Gunner, and Bad Back Backy are all in studio. We have a good time. We break down each game in the week 14 slate. We give out best bets along the way, so make sure you pay attention. So enjoy the previews. We also talk our first 15s. Chris has a message for Zach Wilson and the San Francisco 49ers. And Macon wants to wish a very special person a happy birthday. Stay tuned to the end of the show for a little bit of our wagon segment, where we argue the non-popular take on a lot of situations. So enjoy all that. The first thing you'll hear out of the music is Thursday Night Time Machine, and then we'll get into previews. Y'all enjoy. Thursday night time machine. What is the tally? We got 10 7. Now that feels a little light. Are we sure it's not 10 8? No, Coming we're off my win sure. last week. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Mr. Maricopa 10, County. Well, y'all get a lot of things <laughs> wrong. Objectively, <laughs> that happens at times. <laughs> but Thank I you. think they looked at the. You have been up. You have yeah, been I'm up. up. Yeah, I'm up. Yeah. Okay. Um, so before we give our scores, uh, I just want to point something out. I need the Pittsburgh Steelers and the under in some combination tonight badly. Are you teasing or you want to talk about Chase Long? Okay, I've got the I've got the under 31. I've got the Steelers uh tease with the under 37. I was thinking about threading the needle and going Pats plus 13 or whatever it is mm. and the under. Don't know, but this is one of those panic situations. I would do that. Boy, you would do it I too. I would do that. And that tells me I know exactly where you are. Let's go with Macon's score and and then we'll do my score. So Macon Says Steelers 16, Patriots 7. Okay. Chris, Steelers 14, Patriots 11. <laughs> now, this was that was a score that was picked by Waylon. Oh. Okay? So I'm going to beat you with Waylon's score. My whole family is going to be beating you on Thursday night. Okay. I, I see a path for that. 7 3 Steelers. And then, you know, you get 14-3 Steelers, and then Bill's like, hey, we, we need to get this thing. With Pull out the touchdown play. 14-11. Uh, and then there we are with a triple banger, and this thing's out of reach. Yeah. No, that'd be great. We're close to out of reach right now. Oh, Thurs- Thursday's yeah. stop in a, okay. in a second. I just want to point this out about Mitch Trubisky. Last year, he went 2-1 and one late in the year when he stepped in uh, for Kenny Pickett. 9-4 per attempt, 12-5 per completion, two touchdowns, three interceptions. The word out of Pittsburgh is they're going to push the ball more tonight. And I think, um, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing against this defense, but the bottom line is the way they lose this game is turnovers. And so I would I would be selective there. You know, I would take the profit when I can because you need this win really bad when you look, look down the stretch at their schedule. Like, this has got to be a gimme. North Little Rock, Arkansas. Hello! Why? Well, 
you know, you would think logically that North Little Rock is just right above Little Rock in Arkansas, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You'd be right. It is just north of Little Rock, Arkansas. It's above, I think it's the Arkansas River. Okay. And Arkansas hasn't gotten a whole lot of love here on the show, Woo Pig. Hometown of Jerry Jones. Hometown of Jerry Jones. I think an AAU baseball trip ended badly for me there. In North Little Rock. Yeah. Which one didn't end for you? Is this, any Little League baseball trip I took, I found a way to fuck it <laughs> yeah. up. I don't understand how your parents kept letting you go. I was like the Josh the Gordon of, of <laughs> yeah. AAU trips. I mean, it was just every time. Talk about worst plane ride, worst bus ride. Coach calls my dad. Chris got caught in the alley with a sixer. He's 13 years old. He'll be home in eight to 12 hours, so you have time to like dream up ways to punish him. Um, and Mary Steenburgen, yeah. wife that? of Ted Danson. Okay. Or should we say Ted Danson is husband to Mary Steenburgen? That's what we should say. Actor. Layup line today is going to be, I finally got around to listen to Chris Stapleton album. Listen, a lot of slower songs on this album, but I love the album. There's a couple songs I really like. I'll play one that's upbeat. It's Crosswinds off the new Chris Stapleton album. He leads the other into songs the blues. I like, huh? He leads into blues big time on the album. It's awesome. Big time. What's yeah. your favorite couple on that that album, Reed? I mean, White Horse is just so sad. I know it's like the chalky. Yeah, thing, it's the but... one that like it's yeah, been yeah. the single the longest. Yeah, yeah. It's I like too good. I like Higher, Mounds of My Mind, and then uh, Crosswinds. Those higher, Higher. That's Creed's IP. Yeah. Um, all right. So today we have a big ass preview, a lot of exciting top tier games. Uh, and then we're going to wag on some topics at the end of the show. And I'm going to say it again before we start doing that for the people that that take us out of context and take us seriously. The exercise is actually to to zag on a take that is almost undisputable, almost undisputable. There's a couple of these that, you know, like most people would agree one way, and we're going to go the other way. We're going to take the other side of that argument in an intellectually dishonest way. So don't be a mouth breather and think that when we get to the 49ers and I'm shitting all over them that I really mean this stuff. We just don't have a lot to do on days like today. So first 15, anybody got anything? I'll start. (laughs) I got a I got a I got a Zach pack for you guys. I got two first fifteens. They're both about Zach's. Mm. This is a Zach attack first fifteen. The first one is Zach Ertz. Okay. The other day, I tweeted that that Philly should bring Zach Ertz home. In fact, the tweet just said bring Zach Ertz home. And at the time, I meant Philly. But now I see he's he's in talks with the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, when I had pushed that tweet out, I did not think about the possibility that that meant bring Zach home because he is from the Bay Area. Um, And I guess this week, if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, there's only one right decision decision for Zach Ertz. There's only one wrong decision for Zach Ertz. And that's not the Cowboys. That's not, you know, the, the Washington Commanders. That's not the Kansas City Chiefs. It's the San Francisco 49ers. It's a team that just beat our Eagles 42 to 19. And so that's the one cardinal sin if you're an Eagles fan. And, you know, like we've seen this before. I've seen Brett Favre change teams in division. Not that this is a divisional swap if he heads to San Francisco, but it feels that way this week. We've seen Richard Sherman, lifelong Seahawk. Remember, joined the 49ers at the end of his career. There's been a bunch of this stuff. We saw it with Jason Peters. When Jason Peters signed with the Cowboys, we went through this whole thing. And I'll say the same thing I said the last time. 
You have every right to say things like, and I've read these things, Zach Ertz is dead to me if he signs with the 49ers as a Philadelphia Eagles fan. You have every right, and I have every right to call you a baby uh, and to call you emotional. Listen, this is a pro Eagles pod. I can't hide it. I can't hide my allegiance, my fandom. But one thing I'm not going to do, as I noticed, as I noted last week, is pander to a fan base. When I broke down San Francisco and Philly, you didn't like the tone of the breakdown. That's tough shit. It played out on Sunday. Uh, and with Zach Ertz, this is another topic that you might not like. But I think he's got to do what he's got to do as a football player to survive in this league and to accomplish the goals that he wants to accomplish before he leaves this business. So. Um, before he was an Eagle, he was a kid growing up in the Bay. And right now he's a guy just trying to play football. A, a week or two ago, we had Deshaun Jackson retire, right? What'd we get? A nice send off. It was like Eagles fans showing the punt return, you know, happy trails to Deshaun for the, the six years that he spent in Philly. You know, the initial run was what he was famous for in Philly. Um, and I expect that Zach Ertz will and should get that same send off when he retires. Whether he signs with the San Francisco 49ers or whether he signs with the Chiefs or whether he signs with the Eagles, I think he should be treated with respect. If Zach Ertz is dead to you, then does that Super Bowl ever happen? It's the one thing that makes my time there so special. It's the one thing that gives you solace as an Eagles fan. We're playing with house money every time a team takes the field because of that 2017 team. And make no mistake about it, Zach Ertz is a Philadelphia Eagles legend. And that's me making that determination as, a, as an analyst, not even as a homer. So, you know, if this is how you feel about players that move on at the end of their careers, it's not like Zach Ertz moved on because he, he wanted greener pastures and everything was perfect, he wasn't getting the ball as much. They have this young stud, Dallas Goddard, who's a better player than Zach Ertz at this juncture in his career. And that's the way the business goes. So you can't have it both ways. And if you remember, Deshaun Jackson, where did he go after he left Philly? Washington. The Washington Redskins at the time. Uh, yeah. I at the time. Couldn't spell <clears throat> The out. Commanders now. That's a division rival, okay? So... Whatever you're feeling right now as you read about Zach Ertz, just remember that because that's how this thing's actually going to land and how it should land in two years, in three years, or at the end of this season when Zach Ertz decides to move back to the Bay Area where he's got family ties, where his foundation's been, been hard at work. So miss me with the Zach Ertz is dead to me stuff. It's your right to say that, but it's my right to point out that you sound like an ingrate. Seven for 67 and a touchdown in that Super Bowl win. Huge, dude. We don't win that Super Bowl if it's not for Zach Ertz. And not to mention, Zach Ertz never said a bad word while he was in Philadelphia. He always handled himself with class on the field, off the field, on his way out. So to me, I understand this stuff. We went through it with Jason Peters going to Dallas. You don't know what a guy's situation is. You know, if the guy wants to make some more money before he gets out, like this is his last chance to play football. And when it's your last chance to play football at this juncture in your career, you take it wherever the best opportunity is. And what about ball, if it is San Francisco? Well, I think with the injuries they've had, they could really use a second tight end. It's done. And, and so it actually makes sense. I mean, you want to keep Kittle healthy down the stretch. That's a guy that plays a 1,000 miles an hour. I can remember when George Kittle was first making plays. You remember that Saints game where he kind of, he kind of sprung onto the national scene with that huge performance down there in New Orleans. It's not just the amount of targets he gets. It's not just uh, the, the blocking aspect of it. But when he has the ball in his hand, he's not thinking about 
is this gonna hurt? Mm -hmm. He's not thinking about getting down. He's not thinking about protecting himself. So my initial analysis of, of George Kittle was like, he could be a Hall of Famer, but I think the biggest uh, question mark for me is, are they gonna be able to keep him healthy the way he plays? And coming down the stretch, that's a piece you can't lose. I think having Zach Ertz in that room would help in a lot of ways. Dang. And fuck, dude, every move they make, it's like the Kinlaw situation they had in the NFC Championship last year, where you come off the field and you're like, they have to fix this for this team. I mean, you make moves for teams, whether in division or in conference, and they went and rectified that situ situation immediately. This is also a situation where you got two guys that played at different times uh, in, in Philadelphia that are, are key players on those teams that are in your locker room now and know the personnel on the other side of things. And I'm not saying that Zach Ertz is gonna be able to give you the game plan, but he does understand that organization. So in, in multiple ways, I think this is a move that would make sense football. -wise. Well, it can be a game of keep away too, you know? Yeah. I'm 11 and one in a right. fantasy league, Dr. Drip's fantasy league, and I don't need to spend $12 on Ezekiel Elliott, but I did last week to have him sit on my bench with somebody so I don't have to face him in to round block one. Somebody. Exactly. You know, and that's why I thought it'd be funny as fuck if like the commanders, uh, as, as unwise as it would be to pay his salary, were just like, yeah, let me snatch him. Yeah, right. You know? Yep. Baller blocking. Eagles fans are probably upset because the best chance for him to get a ring is probably, it's probably San, Francisco. San Francisco. I mean, like, Eagles fans, Eagles analysts, people like me who might think highly of the Eagles, like, we have to see it. You got to see it. And right now, if if you you take your, your homerism hat off and you look at the Vegas odds and you look at the way these teams have looked lately, the San Francisco 49ers are playing the best ball in the league when they're healthy. And if you're Zach Ertz, how can you argue against him trying to make a move that's best for him from a football standpoint? Right. Plus, the guy that you don't know how this is, like when somebody cuts into your reps in the NFL, they might be your boy, you guys might be cool, but you don't want to go back into that situation, depending on who you are. Like, you don't know how traumatic that was for Zach Ertz. Every time it's the end of the road for a player in their city, they might hide it well. But it hurts. I can remember leaving St. Louis. It hurts. Like, I wouldn't want to go back there and back the guy up that took my job at the end, necessarily. Now, my, my first tweet rings true. I want Zach in Philly, but I understand if he doesn't want to be in Philly. Nice. I got a uh, movie recommendation for you guys in between your two Zachs. I saw on Amazon Prime this week. It's called Bye Bye Barry. It's about Barry Sanders, his whole career, and his decision to like leave the league. You guys would love it. It's got great interviews, incredible like old NFL footage, old footage from Oklahoma State. Wayne Fonts in there? Yeah, Wayne Fonts is in there big time. That's why they got oh, the WCF on their jerseys. Yeah. And Barry's dad is just an unbelievable character at his Hall of Fame speech, inducts Barry as the third greatest running back of all time. Oh, with, that's fucking funny. With Jim Brown as number one. And they asked him who number two is. And he's like, well, Barry's not better than me. <laughs> That's good. I thought we got a Chicago guy in the yeah, building today. Yeah, sweetness. In uh, Bad Back Packy, and I thought we were going to say sweetness. Now, my dad would contend that Barry was the best ever. But, you know, it's not like it's you can't go wrong between him and sweetness. Or Jim Brown, except for the fact that Jim Brown was playing a, a bunch of insurance salesmen. Right. I'll take it a step further. Walter Payton's the best football player ever to play the game. This not is a funny thing. that You've actually gone on this rant before and yes. been like, you need a punter. You need a quarterback. You need a, an offensive guard. He could play all those positions. If I own a franchise, that's who I'm starting it out with. 
Walter Payton. And you can hear in the accent, maybe there's a touch of Homerism there. <laughs> or the fact that my mom called me crying when he passed away really? in November. Yeah. It was that real? Yes. On my landline in college. Correct. <laughs> that definitely dates you, bro. I found out that Walter Payton died by my mom calling me on the cell phone. You missed no, the call, you got a dollar back up like this. <laughs> It was the. It wasn't the rotary. Okay, it wasn't the, the rotary. Yeah. Um, I will definitely check that out. I I have one more first fifteen. Or do you want to go? No, you. It's okay. all you. All right. So this is. Um, I was thinking about Zach Wilson last night. You know. <laughs> As was I, my friend. <laughs> who, wasn't, who wasn't thinking about Zach Wilson last night? I was thinking about Zach Wilson because you know I was like, do I panic or not? Like I gave out the Texans. Does this change anything? I, I still feel good about the Texans, but. There's a movie that you haven't seen that pretty much everybody else in here has seen, and it's an absolute classic in my eyes, and it's called MacGruber. Now, you you know of the movie, yes, right? Yes, I do. Okay, so the plot of the movie, it kind of reminds me of the Zach Wilson situation, but MacGruber, he used to be a war hero, right? And then this guy, Cunt, <laughs> kills his wife, okay? And and he's played by Val Kilmer. So this really, this really tears MacGruber up. He goes off to, like, Cambodia, and he's living in a hut. It's like a total cliche, like, you know, guy disappears, he's AWOL. The Colonel needs him. Colonel, played by Powers Booth, brilliantly casted. He goes to find him in his hut. I don't know how he found him, but he found him. And when he gets there, uh, MacGruber's like, listen, man, respectfully, whatever you came here for, you're not pulling me back in. Um, I am, I am, I'm out. And and everything that I care about is inside these walls. I'm a man of peace now. I've changed. I am out of the game. But the game has changed. But the players are the same. That's what MacGruber said to Powers Booth. And then Powers Booth says, MacGruber, it's cunt. <laughs> I'm out of the game. Well, the game has changed. But the players are the same. MacGruber, it's cunt. And and he's all the way in. And 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 I guess that's my point is like Zach Wilson has to find a way to dig deep to find his cunt. Like he's <laughs> Oh, I see I thought Rogers was gonna end up being cunt here. No, Rogers not cunt. Uh you know, like it doesn't work perfectly because Zach Wilson didn't do six tours in Desert Storm. He's not a decorated war hero like McGruber. He's not even a good football player. But what you have here is a situation where uh, you got to pretend like somebody jacked the X5 warhead. You got you to find a way to dig deep and find your motivation. Find your why, Zach Wilson. When you, when you grew up playing football, what was your why? When you had all these big dreams before reality hits you in the face, like it does so many NFL players, there's no shame in that. These are the best in the world. Um, what was your why, dude? Like one day you're going to look back and evaluate this stuff. And you're going to look in the mirror and you're the only one that matters in that evaluation. Like you're going to say, hey, people made fun of me. Maybe I sucked. Maybe I was a meme. Uh, but this is about quit or keep going. It's not win or lose. Chances are you're going to lose most of these games. It's quit or keep going. And the only one that matters is you when you look back and evaluate this thing. Like, look back at this thing, Zach, honestly, as a football player who's been through, yeah, I'm fucking around about McGruber. But look back at this thing and say, you know, I had an opportunity to throw in the towel um, and I didn't, and maybe it didn't go well. But this is that last challenge among a litany of challenges in New York for you. And then you can go do whatever you're gonna do next, but do not leave 
without busting your ass, taking chances, and playing fearlessly. Because all these people, Fireman Ed, Mike Greenberg, the guy in Section 103, they don't fucking matter. The only people that matter uh, are your teammates, your family, your friends, and ultimately, 20 years from now, when you're me, and you're sitting here and you have a podcast, or you're looking back on your playing days, you're gonna look in the mirror and the only person who's gonna be able to decide whether it was good enough or not is you. And a decision like not coming back to join the team or starting again, when I heard that, I was like, this is gonna be a big mistake for Zach Wilson. So I don't know how true it was. Aaron Rodgers pushed back on those reports, but if it was true, I'm glad that he changed his mind or was coerced into playing. And now Zach, just go out there and leave with your respect because people are gonna say you suck, people are gonna make fun of you, but at least leave with your respect and your dignity. And if I was in Zach Wilson's corner, that's what I would say to him. You have to find your why. And to because, go, because playing quarterback for the Jets right now is not a why that's sufficient. And to go a step further with the McGruber comparison, if you remember McGruber and Von Kunt used to be homies, they used to be yep. best friends yep. before McGruber took Von Kunt's fiance, who was probably a cougar, was probably a cougar, okay. which then Von Kuth killed yeah. later. But Zach Wilson and Dax Milne, right, used to be best friends. You really know this. Uh, yeah. Dax Milne started dating Zach Wilson. So maybe his why is go, MILF. His why go. is MILF. He, if a MILF's not involved, I don't think Zach's all in. So, so we need to invite. So, whatever you have to do, Zach, if you have to imagine, you know, a family section of cougars, if you have to close your eyes and, and picture, um, you know, uh, Jane Seymour waiting for you in the tunnel. And to be clear, then you got to do that. <laughs> Aaron said that that rumor getting out was chicken shit. Not that the rumor itself was chicken exactly. shit. So I think Zach probably has had a change of heart and maybe the best course of action is not, hmm, I don't want any more tape out there. Mm -hmm. I've put enough good tape on film. Let's yeah. see what the off season has to bring. People make fun of guys. Guys feel like failures. Guys feel like busts. They're going to call you all those things. But at the end of the day, the one thing you control right now is people not calling you a quitter. That's the one thing you can't have people call you in this league. You can't have people call you that in life. You can't have people call you that in this league. And if you can walk away with your dignity and go somewhere else, it's gonna ingratiate you in that locker room if you're ever gonna have another shot of playing. What's not gonna ingratiate you is hearing that this guy didn't want to play and going out there and playing scared. Go out there and say, fuck it, man. And if the Jets really want to support him, maybe it's a, you know, bring your mom to work day. Yeah, kind of exactly. Thing. You exactly. Know, they really want to bring your mom to work day this Sunday against the Houston Texans. Bring a poncho, a poncho too, because it's going to be nasty out there. Cowboy, um, handsomer Zach, Wilson or Ertz? Ertz, 100%. Okay. Ertz. Yeah. All right. Zach Wilson looks like but a boy. You and know? Ertz has a tight jawline. Yeah, he does. Good jawline, Zach yeah. Ertz. Very religious, too. He'll take good care of you. And doesn't yeah, he, he have a sweet, is it a Lincoln? He's got a Lincoln. I used to, I, yeah, he had like a loner Lincoln. And so whenever he'd give me a ride somewhere, I was like in the Lincoln and he'd be playing like gospel music the whole time. <laughs> He's legit now. Yeah. But the white guy gospel music, which is not as, as, mm. as, uh, soulful. It's not as palatable mm -hmm. to me. I can um, imagine. But Ertz is a great guy. Hey. And so we, no Ertz slander here. Him going to San Francisco is a great fit. Yeah. He, he get, he, he can sit there and be a mentor to Kittle, who's yep. been doing it for a little while, but yep. not as long as him. Yep. And Kittle plays with a reckless abandonment. 
just like another Iowa guy, Bobby Sanders. That you can't Bobby do Bobby Sanders. You can't do that. You can't do that in this league and be there doing it. like No, it's it's true. Ertz can teach him how to play hard, but yet be safe and 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 have a long career. And you know, you got that like, hey, when we were in in Philly, I, I I'll never forget every week they had a guy who's been there get up and talk to the team. And I was like two or three in 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 a line of like me, LeGarrette Blunt, and a couple guys, Torrey Smith guys that have been around a long time and been in these big games and Donnie Jones and and like uh coaches value that. I don't know if it's worth anything. You know, like I don't know if it's actually worth anything having won a Super Bowl because I part of what I said to the Eagles when I talked that day was like it doesn't matter who you are. I've seen guys with tons of play playoff experience fuck shit up and I've seen guys that have never sniffed the playoffs make the biggest play of the game. So I don't know if that that Super Bowl DNA, uh, that championship experience really actually matters, but coaches covet that stuff. And to have him in that building talking to those guys about what it takes to take that next step because they've been this close could be valuable. He crossed the finish line. Crossed the finish line. So. All right, first 15 scripted. I got a lot of script here, so bear with me. Yeah, you're good. Jump in, jump in, all right? Uh, my dad, he sits in his chair in the living room. Um, all, he just reads all day, newspapers, books, periodicals. Guy's got a big gray beard. He, uh, he's got a great laugh. He's got these uh, rimless bifocals. They're mm-hmm. circular. You know, he, uh, If he leaves the house, he wears a coat and tie. Rimless. Yeah, yeah. There are no rims on okay. the. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he wears a coat and tie when he, when he leaves the house. He dresses down when he gets back home like a button-down sweater, pair of slacks, He'll like a Mr. Rogers thing. Yeah. Yeah. You've he'll, seen him, right, Kev? He'll, oh, absolutely. He'll put on sweats when he like blows the leaves, but he's owned the sweats, the same sweats for like 40 years. <laughs> they got holes throughout the sweats. Drives a Volvo station wagon, not unlike Gus Fring sort of situation. Costanza wallet. He's never sent a text message. Not ever in his life. Wow. This time of year, his Christmas card is in your mailbox the day after Thanksgiving, every single year, driving a few hours to put wreaths on the gravestones of family members. You know, this is the kind of guy. Well, uh, buckle up then. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Today, December 8th, is his birthday. Mm -hmm. And I love him very much. My mom died when I was eight years old. And I think about that a lot more these days as I watch my own kids grow up. And he walked into the room where I was, August 8th, 1994, and he bent down on a knee and hugged me. And he said she was gone and said that we were going to be okay. And uh, we sure have, and all because of him. And ever since that day, I bargained in my head, like if only dad could see me get to fourth grade or get to high school or graduate high school or get to college. And never in my wildest dreams uh, did I think he was going to get to see Everything that has happened, that includes three kids and his 82-year-old self, now 83, uh, making my two-year-old laugh across the dinner table, you know? Stuff that is just, um, was always beyond my wildest imagination. Uh, We were always okay because he's a a selfless guy and a wise guy, and uh, in a good way, and a kind guy, and um, very supportive and protective but in those days, he was also vigilant. He was making sure I was okay, but he also always challenged me, um, careful not to treat me any differently just because of the right. trauma that had occurred. 
Um, and I nearly didn't say any of this because he's a very private person too. And I don't know how it, does he do podcasts even? Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. He's listening these days. I try not to think about it when, when sitting in this chair and I don't know how it translates to an audience who's used to us talking ball and, uh, you know, telling the occasional bathroom joke and, and saying cuss words. But, um, if it gives anybody a chance to stop for a second and think about somebody they care about, maybe give them a call. That'll be a good thing. Um, oftentimes when I talk about my dad, I talk about him in the context of losing my mom. And maybe that's unfair to him because he was a great dad when she was alive and he would have been a great dad regardless. Um, point being I've, 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 I've come to know uh, a dude who's just a gentleman. His warmth is unmistakable. Um, honest as the day is long. Um, he's the guy I've always wanted to become. I'm very lucky because he's my North star. Um, my kids call him Graham Brad cause he didn't want to have a silly name. That was the compromise and I love him very much. So my first 15 is happy birthday, dad. Happy birthday. Big Brad. 83. 83. And also, since he lives, since he lives, since he lives, since he lives, love you, Ben. Since he lives, um, well, since you said he consumes podcasts, yeah, you basically just told him you had the under. Yeah, yeah. You had the under on. Brad. Well, look, <laughs> you were like, I, I was trying. I hope we were getting to fourth grade. We're. I think. <laughs> Kids who experience a trauma like that get into that mindset. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know if I was praying to God or just bargaining in my head, but it was like, man, be nice to have dad around for a while. Yeah, he's been around. And and now he's, seeing him interact with my kids is is Also, the greatest, tall yeah. 80, 82. Yeah, he's up there, yeah, I six mean, foot three, yeah. Might be taller than you. Well, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he takes his walks around the neighborhood and he listens to Greenlight. I love the guy. And I, I want to follow that up because you gave me a, an entry point on a segue here. Mm-hmm. And seriously, I don't mean to just a hard right turn on this. No, thing. please. It's incredible. But um, leaf blowing. Yeah. You know, he likes to blow leaves. Yeah. He also is like your security detail, right? Like if somebody <laughs> breaks into your house, you call your dad. Yeah, I go to jail. I call my dad. Yeah. So why don't you have him blow your leaves? Because we have... Uh, this guy uh, redacted who does all our um, all our like kind of I got mowing and that yeah. sort of thing, um, and he's great. And he's also working on the house we just sold with your help, uh, which takes a lot of manicuring and you know it's prim and proper outside and all that stuff. So he's real busy. And then uh, Macon hit him up the other day to uh, ask if uh, he might be able to slide down the hill to uh blow his leaves uh-huh. and you know like seeing a guy is a landscaper he's a landscaper <laughs> okay all right okay? and so apparently a personal landscaper so landscaper <laughs> uh calls my wife or texts my wife and is like hey i'm just not really sure what to make of this exchange is this guy joking <laughs> or what's going on here um so he did receive the most recent text yes, that he I received sent? the most recent text and these guys aren't like that close i in in landscaper now, landscaper texts us and he says, yeah, Macon was looking to have me blow some leaves at his house. I told him how busy I was on account of your property and uh, the old house. And uh, to that, Macon replied, respectfully, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, I want to amend this. <laughs> I, I want to, uh, I, first I want to say I've been taking... <laughs> 
I've been taking more chances like this in my life a little bit, you know? Where yeah, I'm they're not, going well. Where I'm not sure about how something's going to be received, but they're that is well. not exactly what was said. Okay. He said, hey, I'm busy at this property, at that property. And I said, fuck them. Like, <laughs> I, well, I didn't say respectfully. I didn't say <laughs> them. I put apostrophe E-M and then exclamation point. Uh-huh. Have you seen the... Has the no, I haven't seen it. I so, was, but then he called your wife. No, to, he didn't call my wife. He just okay. texted and was like, "Hey, I know he's your buddy. Like, is this is this like a bit?" Uh, it was a bit. I was. It was a hey, joke. Megan, sorry for the late response. We are pretty swamped right now with tree planting and building playground at Chris and Megan's house and planting trees at Chris and Megan's old house. Also, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> and then he didn't respond. Yeah, because he didn't know what to say. Talking about the kids' playground. I was just. And this is Oh, I didn't mean the kids. Yeah. Are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> is what I mean to ask. I was going to ask you that anyways. Yeah. No, I am. And no disrespect to you and your wife and your family. Um, I was just trying to make a guy laugh. I certainly know? didn't take any disrespect. <laughs> okay, yet. good. You don't like that exchange? No, I don't mind it, but coupled with with the the minor outburst we had in the last podcast where you where you were like, "Oh, I need to get the fuck out of here." Oh, well, I didn't see that. You've been here an hour. Uh, and we we had this truce many moons ago that we weren't going to talk about the you know the the uh, what's the what would be a on your end you weren't going to say hey I need to get out of here I'm working too long and on my end I wasn't going to because I wasn't going to take uh, issue with the fact that you have two jobs right so we had that and then we had the fuck them <laughs> to the <laughs> landscaper within a span of forty eight hours I'm just wondering are you okay oh no uh, never been better okay, really yeah. <laughs> The, I was having fun with uh, having fun with, the with our guy. Just... And then the over-under on 7.30 p.m. the other night, I thought was just good comedy. Yeah. No, I don't, sure. Candidly, I don't think I'm here enough. Okay. Would like to be here That's more. That's what the fans say, too. Yeah. But I'm waiting for you to address them as to why. <laughs> so, fuck. Well, I, um, I'm at home blowing leaves. This podcast is brought to you by Cash App, the all-in-one app for spending, sending, and setting easy-to-track savings goals. With multiple tools for saving, spending, and sending, Cash App is an all-in-one way to stay in control of your money. Whether I need to send money to my pumpkin grower, pay for anything related to floating the river, quickly pay back a buddy for a night out on the town, or settle a bet, I can always count on Cash App. With security, boosts, discounts, a free-to-order debit card, no overdraft fees. Cash App is like a BFF for your money. It can be your read. Read's my BFF in the studio. Cash App, the exclusive financial services partner of Greenlight. Download it in the App Store or Google Play to see why it's the number one finance finance app in the U.S. App Store. Game day is the perfect pizza day. So make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. Order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday, to have your NFL game day covered. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. It's a Pizza Pizza win. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery for our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends, order your Little Caesars, and enjoy during the games. Let's get into the tiers for 
this week's preview. And, and it's almost like we could we could do this thing in two tiers. There's the top tier games. There's a lot of those. And then there's the the mid tier, which is basically the bottom tier, because there's not a lot of bottom tiers. So we threw the Panthers and the Saints in the bottom tier. This is the hanger tiers. game. This yeah. is like Panthers Bucks last week. You got fucking Mike Evans out there making history. Seven people saw it. There's going to be six people watching this game. They're all going to be at the Superdome. So uh, the tier idea was Christmas things. Let's Christmas discuss things. Christmas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's discuss it. Of which there are many. What do we like about Christmas? What do we not like about Christmas? I'm really pro Christmas. Uh, I like getting the Christmas tree. Now, I drive about 30 seconds to a Christmas tree farm of sorts. Have them throw it on the top of my vehicle That's and right, drive it home. But it's great. Buddy came over the other night. We had just bought our Christmas tree. We got absolutely jobbed on that thing because like it, oh. it just charged you so much for these fucking Christmas trees. It's insane. That's a good racket. I got to get Yeah. That. And my buddy comes over and Meg's like, yeah, where'd you get your Christmas tree, Ben? He's like, well, I went and chopped it down myself. I was like, shut the fuck up. Get out of my house. Because yeah. that is not an expectation I did that, that I want to create in my house. Well, and don't don't those trees look a little uh, ragged? Yeah, I mean, you want the perf the perfection. You go up to the mall in the mm -hmm. parking lot outside Fashion Scare, mm -hmm. and you grab you a two hundred and fifty dollar eight foot tree. Mm -hmm. You're 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 not getting out of there without dropping at least a two two bills. I heard about a guy that paid one fifty this week <laughs> for a solid tree. So there are deals. I want to see had. the tree. I, half of it's probably gone in the back. But I'm a big Christmas tree guy. I know we made fun of Kyle about uh, you know well, having it was late October three <laughs> trees in his house in late October. But <laughs> of all the code breaks, that's pretty low on the list for me because the smell is just heavenly. Uh. I love the smell of Christmas trees. Um I love putting the ornaments on. Last night we did the ornaments with the kids, did a time lapse video. The whole thing, I got my Intimidator ornament, my Dale Earnhardt ornament, uh, threw it up in the middle of the tree. We got kids doing school project ornaments now. But here's the thing about Christmas trees, you. and you might not agree based upon the way you decorate your tree, but I'm a colored light guy. Oh, no, I'm not. No. You're a white, white light. light. White all light. Oh, I'm a colored no, you light got guy. Nothing but class. White. Yeah. It's white light. All class. I, I, no, I, I'm, I'm all about the color. You got blink. Are they blinking? What are you, a Republican or something? No. Is that what it is? Uh, I don't know where the political ties. The political here, but, ties. But, <laughs> hey, are you, are you got blinking lights? No, I just or, like. You what know, are like, they, big bulbs? I love passing. Those are house. great. Remember those? The big bulbs? I want the, Oh, those I, were the big bulbs. The big ones. Yeah, the big you ones. You screw them the, and you throw them, they yeah, pop. Yeah, oh, yeah. That was a blast. The, 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 I, I passed a tree that's got the nativity scene out there. It's got a bunch of statues. It's got colored lights. Like, that's what Christmas is about. Like, you know, the Griswolds. That's what, that's what I want to see on Christmas. I'm nostalgic. I want those lights. Another thing I like about Christmas is. Um, is well no it's just a big long list of things i don't like about christmas perfect and it's one of the best holidays but there's a lot of stuff that you want to avoid is there anything in the mid uh mid secret santa secret santa because secret, yeah because secret santa like there's definitely a functionality for that like people are saying that oh, we don't feel like buying each other gifts <laughs> but it's kind of a half measure like to go all the way you should just say hey no gifts yeah you know, but people are still trying to simplify the process and it's just a feelings thing, but it ends up being a feelings thing anyways, because like, I don't know what the fuck to get my, my sister-in-law. Mm -hmm. Lottery ticket. Lottery ticket? Gone. Yeah, probably Beautiful what I'm gonna go with. Scratch offs. Uh, something in the bottom tier is uh, Christmas carols for me. Uh, I hate Christmas carols. Nothing makes me more uncomfortable than somebody singing to me. It's like a flash mob, but at your house. Like, 
do not come to my house with Christmas carolers. May I ask you this? Yeah. When's the last time that happened? Never. Okay. <laughs> but you could but imagine you. if it did, I would not like that. Yeah. No. I would not like that. The longest 30 seconds of your life is when Christmas carolers are at your house. That's what I'm saying. It, it not, is, I've never. You've had it happen. Yeah, they do it on the south side. <laughs> people trying to i used to i did it as a little kid make a little cash it was not really yeah they pay you to christmas yeah. carol yeah yeah Suffolk now if you're Suffolk doing that then that's okay another thing i don't like selling the dream to your kids i know you guys are going to probably zag on this but i don't my kid's pretty intelligent he's seven years old like at some point he's going to figure out that mathematically it's not possible for santa to hit all these houses and also like some people have gas fireplaces they don't even have a flume like how the fuck is he getting in there listen flu flu whatever listen to this i just had my chimney swept uh, you know 350 bucks thought i was being a responsible homeowner so you need a new uh new new liner that'll be uh seven grand really yeah so now we don't have fires we're not doing fire <laughs> yeah that's a pretty simple calculation yeah come on down santa claus but but the the idea of of santa's real it's the idea of Santa. It's the idea. I yeah. get it. And I like it. Like for kids Spirit. three and four, that's great. But when my kid's seven and you're taking him to Santa uh, at the country club and he's sitting on the guy's lap and he's like, that's not Santa from last year. Yeah. <laughs> like it just becomes harder. Well, he forces you, know? you to be a liar. Like, it forces you to lie to your kids. Yeah. It's up. And like, you know, it's, it's. I'll talk to him. You talk to him? Yeah. I'll swear to God and all this sort of stuff. I'll set him straight. Uh, when do you give him the talk? At what age is it appropriate to give him the talk? The Santa talk? Not the sex talk, the Santa talk. I, they find out on their own. You think find, they find, they find yeah. out from the older kids. I, I, when I was a kid, I crept to the top of the stairs at like 1 a.m. and I looked down and I saw my parents wrapping the presents and Santa wrapping paper. It was yeah. easy. You know what I mean? So stay vigilant if you're a parent and you're trying to sell this lie to your kids. But also as they, they approach a certain age, it's just going to get harder. I told my friend John who lived down the street, we are in Richmond, I, I told him I didn't think uh, what was happening was was really happening, and he kicked me. <laughs> he kicked me right in the shin, Cause, cause like John, as hard as he could. John wanted to believe. Yeah. I think it depends on the kid. Some yeah. kids want to believe. Some kids want to figure it out. Yeah. Christmas cards. Hate them. Oh, love Christmas Unless cards. Unless they're funny. Like, you know, I guess as a consumer of Christmas cards, it's fun to, like, poke fun at the people that send me a laundry list of things that their six-year-old kid did. Fucking big wolf. He's six. Hey, can I, you know what I mean? Like, might swing by your mailbox on the way home tonight. You got, you got one of those? No, I sent you. You, said, but not with accomplishments. You didn't like, oh my baby. <laughs> that was the implied joke. I didn't know. There my are babies, no words. My, my preschooler's top of the preschool. Like, yeah. what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Dude? It's a Montessori, Montessori school. Yeah. First off, like, it's not even like well, they went outside today. <laughs> you I, know, I, I got uh, a beef on this, dude. You with, do yeah. with you? Oh, with me? I got it in the mail. Your thing. You got mine? Yeah, the origami. What's that? Oh, that's more a real well, estate. It's another thing for me to deal with. <laughs> Did you have to make it with your kid? What do you think's going to happen? Oh, good, good. I'm glad. Oh, yeah, it brings your that's family you closer together. The flow of mail in and out of your house. Yeah, you know. I guess that's that should on me. never that, make it to the kitchen table. That's on me. Yeah, it's on me. Um, well, my so, wife sees making the thing. She opens it up. She wants so I, to see what he has to say. I guess yeah. we'll go top two tier. hours later. Top tier. I'm glad I didn't get an origami. <laughs> I uh, hey, hey, hey. Did you me an origami? no, I didn't. Okay, I'm very careful of the mail going to your house. Yeah, right, exactly. Now I'm gonna be careful how I text your landscaper. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you need to be. Yeah. Okay. Well, the fuck them thing to anybody. <laughs> no! Just the landscaper. That's not the, the holiday spirit. That doesn't play. <laughs> All right, let's get into the holiday spirit. Maybe give out some winners. We already gave out some winners this week, but I've got some leans later in the week and uh, talk about some of these great games, man. Because there are great games. The top tier. I'm gonna go with. 
uh, Christmas trees. And we'll kick it off with the six and six Bills at the eight and four Chiefs. Now or never for Buffalo. Now, some said when I when I said this was the first game on the list, Nolan, <laughs> Philly faithful over in the corner. Picked the wrong uh, one. Yeah, Mr. Dak hater himself. He 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 was like, why are we putting this top tier? Dallas and, and Philly. Well, I've already seen Dallas and Philly play. I also don't think for either of these teams is do or die. I think no matter who wins this game, there's a path for the other team to win the NFC East. And everything's out in front of the Eagles the same way. Dallas has got a tough stretch down the down the uh down the stretch here. Miami, uh, and then they get Buffalo too. So like there are some games here that Dallas could lose. Uh I also said this coming in this three game gauntlet. And I don't know if I feel this way the way that the, the Eagles got beat up by the Niners, because I think you're gonna get their best game. I thought beat the Bills, you probably lose these two games. Like that was my initial inclination. Um, I, I actually feel better about the Eagles getting Dallas Goddard back in, in, in the position they're in with their backs against the wall uh, the way they feel coming off of last week. It's not as bad as things seem in Philly, but this week you would think the sky is falling. That's why I think they have a better game. The reason the Bills and the Chiefs are the number one game for me is you get an absolute back against the wall situation. Like Not like the, the vibe in Philly. It's like reality. If the Bills don't win this game, their chances go way down. They've got to win out, in my opinion. The Bills have a 15% chance to make the playoffs. Who would have thought that at this point in the year? And at the same time, I can honestly say the Bills are one of the best 5-10 teams in football. Like the, if, I, if I based it on teams I'd least want to see in the playoffs, especially with the quarterback situation around the AFC and around the league. So this is a tough task for, for the Bills and for the Chiefs. It kind of feels like a back against the wall game too because all of a sudden you're down a game in an AFC conference race that you know how important that home field advantage is in Kansas City. I, I contend that if Kansas City gets home field advantage, it's the best in football relative to the expectation of what this team's going to put out week to week. Being at home, Kansas City in the playoffs gives them as good a chance as anybody to go to the bowl. Does this make any sense that while it would be just as easy for another team to go down to Miami and play, being at home for Miami is huge. You're right. The other way. Like, might be and Detroit the same important. thing. Yeah. Detroit the same thing. Like relative to the importance or you know, relative to your expectation of what this team might do, looking at the record and the whole thing, I think you bring up good points. Miami's been so good at home. You definitely don't want to see two out in cold weather. You definitely want to see Jared Goff outside. We're going to talk about that in a bit. But for the Chiefs, they're just so good at home and that defense. And I know they lost a couple weeks ago to the Eagles at home. I know they lost to start the season against the Lions at home. But I also believe in this team figuring out down the stretch. And I think the, the Bills, as I mentioned, in burn the ships mode, you got to be ready for the QB run game. I think that's huge for the Bills. Like, what are we saving Josh Allen for? I would pull out all the stops on the other side of the ball. You know you're going to get Von Miller this weekend. It was up to the, the Bills because no charges have been filed. And so Brandon Bean said, this guy's playing. And for the Bills, I think the number one thing you got going for you is actually two things. It's number one, the run game, which has actually been a formidable thing for them. Uh, and, and with Bolton out for a while now and unsure if he's going to play this week, the importance of Nick Bolton to that defense is huge. If he comes back, they're going to look fantastic. If he's not back, I'm worried about this Bills run game. So we'll see. I mean, since Bolton went down, they've allowed 6-2 a pop on the ground. That's bad. 
And, and that's way different than I thought they'd look like even with him down. So, you know, like the second thing is you've got Cook who went down last week, the safety, and then you've got um, you, you've got Edwards who, who spelled him. He's out there with his big arm braces on the wrong side of 30. You know, when I asked Ryan Clark this week at Inside the NFL, can they overcome this? He said, yeah, I, li- I like I like this dude. Like, I think he can play. Now, you throw that fourth down play where he looked like he was lost trying to catch a pop fly. He looked like me at softball out there in right field uh, or mad. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even use you, but it could have been any, one, any number of us. Not Aiden because he was pretty good out there in the outfield, but that's how he looked in that one situation. I think he's going to be better than that. And uh, I think that's the key. If you can run the football on these guys, things are going to open up for you. For the Chiefs, the offensive line issue, we've made a big deal about the drops. The drops have dissipated. Okay, it was really cold out there at Lambeau. The week before, they didn't have any drops. Uh, maybe they had one. They might have had one the other night, uh, but it wasn't a big consequential drop. Like, they'll get it right at wide receiver. I just don't want to see Sky Moore out there anymore. Mm. Like, you know, like that play at the end of the game, whether it's on Patrick or on Sky Moore, what do you think? I mean, chances are there's at least a little bit uh, where Sky Moore didn't run the right route and could have improved the timing and execution of that throw. And Sky Moore has been a guy who has not run great routes. So to me, Rasheed Rice got to get the ball a lot. I mean, have you forgotten that Richie James exists? Tony, I know he's tantalizing with his talent, but he hasn't been dependable. You've got to start working guys in that you can trust. And to me, that starts with getting Sky Moore off the field. Brett Veach has failed. Patrick Mahomes outside. That doesn't mean you should keep chasing this dragon with Sky Moore. You know, you're in the middle of a playoff run. you got to pe- put the people on the field that you can trust. And so I kind of wonder if they get into more 12 personnel. Like I had talked about maybe Zach Ertz as a Kansas City Chief, whoever it is, whether it's Noah Gray, who's already in the building, like morph into more of that power football team because I think that's going to bode well for you. But the offensive line is my main concern. They're going to start Wanya Morris at left tackle. We said this, and, and you know, uh, Donovan Smith's hurt. But last week the red zone killed him. Kicking two field goals down there. A lot of people's like, what's wrong with the Chiefs offense? You know, they've scored under 21 points six, seven times this year. That's the most over Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes' tenure. But when you look at last week, they had four possessions between the start of the game and the end of the third quarter. Real true possessions. And all of them went for a bunch of yards, went for a bunch of plays. They can do this, but they have to score touchdowns. And the offensive line failed them in the red zone. So I want to see the O-line play better, uh, and that's a big key. And when you look at last week, week six, when these two teams played, Kelsey had a great day. And it came down to the Bills just playing their stuff. They just didn't do anything to take them away. And I thought the Eagles, ironically, as bad as they've been in some situations defensively, did a good job getting the matchups and and allocating the resources to where they could at least keep Kelsey down. This could be a big day if McDermott rolls out the same plan for Kelsey. Buffalo 1-4 and four on the road this year. Patrick Mahomes has won two-thirds of his games this year. 95-1 passer rating. 10.4 yards per completion, one game-winning drive. Do you know who has those exact same statistics? Jordan Love. Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito. New York. And Tommy D. It's crazy. And they've been Love. doing this with Jordan Love and Patrick Mahomes have the same stats and everything. And I totally understand like why people think the Chiefs are wounded, but I keep saying this. Yes, the Chiefs are down, but so is the field. You know, it's it, it, like, do the math. You know, people asked me a couple weeks ago, are you worried about the Chiefs? I was not then. 
I'm a little bit more concerned now seeing the, the game the other night. Uh, but more than anything, I think they lost to a good football team, and I think they're figuring things out. And we got to stop holding them to a higher standard than the other teams in the AFC. Because I think the Ravens could have trouble this weekend. Um, you know, you, you, you know, the Jaguars just lost their starting quarterback. And uh, the other team in the AFC that people are worried about is, of course, the, uh, the, Dolphins. the, the Dolphins, who haven't beaten a single good team. So, like, every team has a flaw in the AFC. All they've done is join the pack. So am I worried about them? Yeah, they've joined the pack of elite teams in the AFC, and they have as good a chance as anybody. But they need this game if they want to go on this run and secure home field advantage, which I think they can do. And avoid a potentially dangerous opponent in the playoffs. You lose this game, and you could very likely be matched up with Buffalo round one. Crazy. Yep. I mean, and yeah, I mean, it's it's in so many ways, these games are starting to be like playoff games. You talk about in the NBA, they have their play-in tournament and the whole thing. The play-in tournament starts right now or a week ago or two weeks ago in the NFL, and that's what I think makes the NFL such a bulletproof product, among other things that we, we discussed the other day. The 10 and 2 Eagles are at the 9 and 3 Cowboys. Sunday night football on NBC. Dak Prescott, one of the storylines coming in, 317 passing yards. He's averaging over the last six, 20 touchdowns and two picks. I mean, bad back backy as a gambler, this is like this is like a tailor-made buy low, sell high on both sides of, of the coin. Cause like Dallas was fucking awesome offensively the other night and that's the takeaway is like Dak's the MVP the whole thing but they kind of sucked on defense and you know Philly they're down right you know they lost 42 to 19 to San Francisco like that that leaves a bad taste in people's mouths this this thing's been three and a half it could be four by game time I don't know where it is right now like I don't know but if it's at four or three like yeah I'm gonna bet the Eagles I think I am absolutely I think taking the Eagles and you don't see this in the NFL as much as you do in college but they're gonna they're gonna re recharge the batteries, reset. It was a tough game last week, and now they're gonna come back and they're gonna be more focused than they normally are. Exactly. I like I think it's gonna kick them into high gear. And I think also like when you look at the Dallas Cowboys and you harp on the Eagles in the middle of the field, the Dallas Cowboys have the same problems. They're not as pronounced, uh, but but in the middle of the field, in the middle of that defense in the run game and the linebackers, like with Dallas Goddard coming back. You can you can score points on this guy. Don't forget last year Gardner Minshew went down there and scored 34 points on these guys in that stadium. And so, you know, you're one of the best third down teams in the league. This is going to come down to third down because Dallas is right outside the top 10 defensively. Can you protect? Yeah, you can. You had all day last week. Jalen Hurts has to trust the guys. You know, I think with Dallas back, he's going to trust Dallas. But last week, I thought he was really tentative on some stuff. I got to call it how I see it. I think the guy's a winner. I think he should be an MVP candidate and the whole thing. But as a passer right now, things aren't clicking for him. You know, and especially on early downs, we've talked about this at times. Like, they haven't been great throwing the football. And I think when you talk to people that that follow this team closely, like I do, but some of the people in the city who, who have radio shows and that sort of thing, one thing they're always harping on is where's the quick game? It's kind of all or nothing with the with this offense, um, you know. And and I think getting the ball out decisively, letting your playmakers make plays against this defense that really didn't look great last week, can can help you out. Now the real issue is is and this is sneaky bad, and I don't know if you guys know this, but the Eagles have the worst third down defense in the league right now. So I, I think Desai playing cover one in those situations has really hurt them. And it kind of begs the question because we've 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 We've, we've kind of come to this conclusion without admitting. And I know Brian Johnson can improve, but he's not Shane Steichen, 
like Shane's doing his thing in Indy, and I thought that offense last year looked like a juggernaut, and the, the pieces haven't changed that much, right? So something's changed schematically to slow Jalen down, to make him tentative, and to put them in these spots where, um, you know, they haven't been great. But on defense, missing Gannon might be a big thing. You know, like I know we like to size adjustments and the whole thing, but if you're going to make adjustments but still play man on third down at too high of a clip, if you're going to get in, in those situations last week against San Francisco Niners and put your guys who aren't great at the second level in disadvantageous situations, like it's going to be a bad day. So I, I we've kind of acknowledged that the scheme might have fallen off, uh, you know, offensively a little bit. What about the defense? And I got to I got to see third down improve. I really do. And there is an organizational disconnect, and it's a rare crack in Howie's armor, in my opinion, is that like he usually nails pretty much every corner of the roster, but he's left this linebacker door open at the wrong times. Last year they were better there. Our Super Bowl year they were better there. If you're going to run Fangio's system, you got to have good linebackers. They do not have good linebackers, not currently. If Zach Cunningham gets back, that could help. I want to see them look different. If Shaq Leonard plays this Sunday, maybe that helps. But to me, that's more of a flyer. And, you know, you've got N'Kobe Dean coming back at some point this season. I don't know if that's going to solve all your problems. But in the run game, you have to be able to pound the ball on the Cowboys in the middle. And offensively, you got to fucking commit to running the football. That has been an issue. I think they're, they're averaging three six of pop since that Miami game. That looks nothing like what we thought the Eagles were going to look like at this point in the season. A good sign for Philadelphia. John Hussey will be the head referee. Uh, the Eagles are 7-0 and when he refereed. There we go. That matters. Including last year's Monday night game against the Cowboys in the NFC Championship. That stuff matters. And improve the fucking matchups outside. The first game when these guys played, you've got CeeDee Lamb on all the wrong people. You know, since that game, Brandon Cooks has come on. Ferguson had a great night, you know, last week. He looks like a plus for them. That's an issue. So even if you take C.D. Lamb away, these guys got to – these role-playing guys out there. You know, if you're going to put Slay on Lamb or somebody else on Lamb, these role-playing guys got to have big big days in coverage. Might, might want to try some mango chutney on Lamb every now and again. <laughs> Eagles gave up 20 a game last year. This year is 24. Point differential for the 10 and 2 Eagles plus 41. For the boys, it's plus 168. And that's what they've done. They jump teams at home. This is not a team you're going to jump at home. No, what, what, offensively, I mean, San Francisco ran the ball. I mean, I, I'd like to know what they, the, their average rush was. I mean, it, they, they pounded the rock, and a lot of it was the second level guys, like just not coming downhill. Like, I don't think the defense. I don't think the defensive line is a problem against the run. Like the, for much of the season, you've been like, hey, they've been able to stop the run in light boxes. Like they're a formidable group, but you can really see in a run front what happens when the linebackers, just like Kansas City, right? The Eagles in Kansas City, very similar outcomes mm -hmm. last week. Big games for both those teams, kicked two field goals early, both of them, and then couldn't get off the field because of a number of factors. But, but none bigger on both sides of the ball than linebacker. And so I think, uh, I think we'll see what happens there. I think they can survive this week with suboptimal linebacker play. But again, you're looking ahead to, to the teams you're going to have to play. If you get to the Super Bowl and you play the Dolphins, I don't know if I like that matchup anymore, the way the linebackers have played in, 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 uh, in, in Philly. I don't know if I like the matchup against San Francisco if you see them again. So you go down the list, you've got to rectify this issue. And part of it is scheme, but part of it is personnel. 
Six and six Seahawks are at the nine and three 49ers. This is game three of that four game stretch for Seattle. Niners, Cowboys, Niners, Eagles. It was Thanksgiving night when Seattle lost 31 13 to San Francisco at home. Five weeks ago, these guys were 81% to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They are now 28% to make the playoffs. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, the teams that they're lumped into, and of course, I'm talking about the Seahawks. In the NFC wildcard race, the Rams, the Vikings, the Packers, and then the Seahawks, okay? And they've all got six wins, but Seattle is last due to tiebreakers. Conference record and very directly with the LA Rams, they can't have them in a head-to-head at the end of the season because they've been swept by the Rams. So if you look down the stretch, they've got San Francisco, they've got Philly, they're at Tennessee, they're at Pittsburgh, they're at Arizona. You think it might take nine, ten wins, okay? So if they can split these two games, they've got to feel really good about it, but I just don't see it. I have not seen enough of what I saw the other night. Like, I don't know that, you know, all of a sudden, Geno and his wide receivers are on the same page because of what happened in Dallas. It's one game. I want to see it more. And another problem is they've been very bad, and we've harped on this all year in the red zone. Okay, against the Cowboys, they got a couple penalties that got them down there low. Like they were good in the red zone. Is that a trend that continues? Even the cupcakes they see down the stretch, Tennessee and Pittsburgh, really good inside the 20 yard line. So none of these games with a team like Seattle, I feel like are sure things. And the next two games are an absolute gauntlet for them. But I know the lines moved a couple points in the Seahawks direction. It made you think maybe something's up with the Niners. Maybe somebody knows something. But all I know right now is Armstead's down. And that's not enough of a, of, of a difference when you're looking at a 13-point spread. And I think more than anything, um, if you're the Seahawks, we have lauded them repeatedly for finding a great bridge quarterback, drafting players high in the draft that have been able to contribute immediately. Woolen, Witherspoon, Mafe, guys like that. Like They have hit on a lot of draft picks. They got two tackles. Like You're set. You're set. Like if you tell me that you're going to have one statistically one of the best quarterbacks in the league over the past year and a half, depending on the metrics you look at, you've got two young great starting tackles. You have two lockdown corners. You have a pass rusher. You go get Leonard Williams. Uh, now the Jamal Adams trade stinks to high heaven, but mostly we've been we've been on we we've been on their side on Schneider and Carroll's side. But with all that having been said, you're looking up at the division that you, you're out of that race, pretty much. I mean, you are out of that race. And San Francisco is, is a double-digit favorite late in the season against you. So how far away are you? I know it's unfair because if they were in any other division, maybe you'd say they have a shot to win it, but not in this division. And San Francisco is not going anywhere for a while because, my, because Kyle Shanahan, all he's done is win, no matter what quarterback he's had. And, and Brock Purdy looks like the best one he's had yet, and he's young. So where, where do you think you're going? And that's my question to the Seahawks and for Seahawks fans. Like, what would you rather have? And I'm talking directly to you guys that's in the take. Would you rather slide into the playoffs and get blown out in the wild card round? Or would you rather just crater down the stretch here spectacularly and have a chance to draft a Michael Penix? or draft uh, Jaden Daniels. That's geographically very pleasing. It is pleasing. It's like Jaden Daniels down in New Orleans. I think there's a similar situation there where it's like, yeah, you could slide in the playoffs, but do you really call him for Carr and call him for his head? They want a quarterback next next trap. Seahawks fans, how you feeling? Do you really think your team's pretty good? 
Knowing what you know now, would you have done something differently at quarterback if if you're going to be a six and eight team here in two weeks? No, I, I knowing what I know now, maybe, but I don't think they were in the position to draft last year, so you kind of had to ride this out. Um, and it's not the worst thing in the world if Geno comes back next year and he helps. You're pretty far away, and this was the, the illuminating stat about Geno as a starter, and I think he's been some of the top end throws that he makes. Like the other night, he looked like one of the best quarterbacks on the planet. Yeah. Uh, but then you watch this offense, the sum of the parts, some games, and you're like, it's just not there. And they're not on the same page and the whole thing. But the last two years, Geno as a starter, and this is pretty interesting. Where do you think he ranks playing indoors? Um, this is off passer rating. Um, seventh. Okay, he ranks Geno as a starter last two years behind Mahomes and Burrow. He's third. Wow. Indoors, okay? And you, you, you cash him outside, and you get 28th in the league. Oh, I was going to say 27th. 28th in the league. No, 27th is Jared Goff. Oh, well. And he's playing in 30-mile-per-hour wins this weekend. Over. So, <laughs> I, I, I felt you, like – You wouldn't think that with Geno coming from, you know, Western Michigan. Uh, played at West Virginia. West Virginia played, played in New York. Out. Yep. Some guys just aren't as good outside, and I don't know what what it is about his game that doesn't carry. But it's not like it's not like you know this is a different setup from the Thanksgiving game. He was outdoors there. He plays in Seattle at home in cold weather. I'm not saying he he he's more liable to uh, to get blown out this weekend, but it is an interesting stat that we found this week. And I mean, I think for the for the Niners, all I'll say is this: like just 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 be in the same offense you were in on Thanksgiving. You know, exploit matchups, dictate personnel, and go. They were dominant. I mean, that the beginning of that game, they looked as dominant as they looked all season long. I mean, in the first half of that game, they were doing whatever they wanted. And I expect to see a, a lot of the same stuff. And, and you know, the bring Ertz home thing, we talked about it earlier. Maybe he's a guy, uh, for all the reasons we talked about, that is suiting up for the 49ers in 10 days uh, when they play next week. But I don't think there's much to analyze with the Niners. That's the thing about how good they are right now. I get up here every week and be like, Trent Williams is 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 is, um, is a Hall of Famer. George Kittle, Ayuk, uh, Debo, all these guys, Christian McCaffrey. It's a yactery, the whole thing. Everything that applies to breaking down San Francisco last week applies again to, Se to Seattle, and they have some of the same problems that the Eagles have. You uh, you watch all the tape. Do we still love Devin Witherspoon? I I love him. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm not. I, I mean, he's not my defensive rookie of the year. You know who is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> my, my wallet yeah. is hoping that it's uh, Jalen Carter. I think this game for the Niners is bigger than you think, as far as moving forward and seeing. We know they're a great team. Kyle Shanahan's great coach. What I think you want to see is they're going to win this game, but is it going to be tight? Is it going to be a blowout? Them coming off the biggest win of the season out of the whole entire year. It's a letdown right? spot. It, it's a total letdown. So you see where they are in their mental toughness. And I think this game tells a lot moving forward for the playoffs. And also, like when you're talking about the Eagles against the Niners in the playoffs, or you're talking about Seattle seeing them three weeks later, like in the NFL, not every game plays out the same way when mm -hmm. you see a team twice. There's a perfect example of that. I talked about this game before my last year. We're four and six. We walk out of the, the Superdome. Uh, you know, it was so bad. People were like, Sean Payton's running up the score. We lost by 40 points. 
we go see them in the playoffs, it is a dogfight. And we really should have won that game, in my opinion, but I'm not going to do the San Francisco thing where I say, we should have won that game. They beat us fair and square, but it was a game where we thought we had opportunities to win. And so whether it's the the Eagles and the Niners in the playoffs or Seattle and, and San Francisco a couple weeks apart, like things can change. And I, I don't expect them to change in this matchup because I think they're well coached. And I think they got leaders on that team that all week are probably saying the same thing, which is we cannot we can't roll the ball out there this weekend. We got to have that same attacking mentality. You got to wear black again because it will be Seattle's funeral in a week or two if uh, if they continue uh, to play the way they played against good teams. I like I like Seattle in the points. You like Seattle? In the I wouldn't point. drop a bag on it. No, I put a few coins on it. A few coins on Seattle. The six and six Rams, winners of three straight, are at the Mark Andrews list. Baltimore Ravens. Did you give out the Rams? I did. I uh, thought it was a little disrespectful setting no, that point. It's it's a lot of points. You can look at it one of two ways. I I, I bet it this week because I, I look at this. We're going to judge. I don't know what Vegas is doing here. Is Vegas hanging this big line expecting everybody to get on the Rams because we're like, that's too many points. The reaction that we had naturally. Sometimes I don't know what how the public's thinking. Am I the public and I don't know it? Uh, but there's also another layer to this, which is like Baltimore has blown good teams out at home whether it was Seattle or Baltimore, they weren't fucking close. There were single-digit spreads. They beat both of them by like 30 points. So does the public is the public more aware of that? You know, is the public just going to say, hey, Baltimore is going to crush these guys, right? Nobody was watching the Rams and the Browns. Nobody's been watching the Rams. They've been quietly playing good ball. So I'm on the Rams. I take the other side of that. Almost three-quarters of the bets on Baltimore, and the money is flipped. Exactly. So I kind of like that. There's like a plus 50 edge on uh, on on tickets to, to money with, with, the, with the Rams. So um, – and on top of that, you might look at it and say Harbaugh, 10 and 6 off a of bye, 9 and 7 against the spread in those spots. But Lamar's numbers are not great as a big favorite. They're just not. I mean, in those tight ball games, he covers. But some of the figures I saw this week were really illuminating. And I think on top of that, the Ravens have pivoted, and it's impressive. If you watched them two weeks ago, the way their scheme changed at the drop of a hat with the loss of Mark Andrews. Now, you lost them against Cincinnati. You had all week to get ready. Uh, it's not like they lost them in the first quarter. But Todd Munkin did a great job of turning this thing into an offense that emphasizes speed. And how you do that? You give the ball to Keaton Mitchell more. It's a lot of gun run. It's a lot of numbers games to either side, whether it's the run of the pass. They're all options. It's kind of like a college offense. You got Isaiah likely split out. You get the ball to him quick. <clears throat> Watch him eat up 20 yards like that because he can run. Um, and all that's well and good. But when I watched, when they had those kind of traditional tight end looks in their run game against the Chargers, meaning tight end attached, like an 11 or 12 look or a 22 look, whatever that is. If it was Pat Ricard at the Y or if it was Kohler at the Y um, or they had an ace set with two tight ends, they did not run the ball well. Okay, they ran the ball for like 190 yards on these guys, but by my count, and this is an official count, I was just charting these runs, they were about three yards a pop in those situations, including like their first 18 runs. I think they went for like their first eight runs in those sets. They went for like 15 yards. So they really had a hard time making the adjustment in these formations. Well, and Zay Flowers had the one for 37, which skews the rushing numbers. And it skews the rushing numbers. They had another one. I think Mitchell went for like 25 on one. And, and so the point I'm making is I do think there's a bigger adjustment 
than people realize without Mark Andrews. And I don't think it's just in the passing game. I honestly think they can pivot more easily in the passing game. But but the problem you, you, you have with a Mark Andrews, who is, he's not quite a personnel uh, mindfuck kind of guy where you can totally look the same in every uh, formation out of different personnels and not know what they're throwing at you. But when he's in line and you're a backer or you're a safety who's down, and you have to think about the possibility that this guy's going to be blocking you in the run game, it is going to take you off your coverage a little bit. And conversely, if you're worried about coverage, uh, they're going to be able to run the ball. You're going to be a little bit softer in some situations. And so I don't think of likely as an ass kicker of a blocker. They're not going to have him in line a bunch. Uh, Ricard, they like him, but he's a fullback. And then Kohler's a guy, right? No disrespect. Um, the point is their run game might change a little bit. And so I'm interested to see, does Gus Edwards get the ball more this week? It was a lot of Keaton Mitchell last week. Um, how are they going to get the Rams out of that penny package? When Philly played them, uh, how, how, how can you get them to try to play you big? And then you go from there in the run game. Because the Rams want to live there. Their backers aren't great in, in pass coverage. Uh, but if you can get them out of those situations, you can start to, to really, really – uh, pound the ball in the run game and pick them apart if they're in if they're in some of their bigger sets defensively. I'm familiar with the nickel and the dime. This is the first time hearing of the penny package. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Nice nomenclature. It's a little bit different. So you know the look you're going to get in the penny package is you're going to have like three guys down. You're going to have two overhang backer types, and then in the middle of the field you're going to have your kind of smaller nickel backer, and then you're going to have a real backer. And a lot of times. You're going to get that extra guy in the box, right? He's going to walk down. Think of like if you understand nickel, uh, typically think four down linemen, two linebackers, five DBs. Penny is you're going to trade out a linebacker for another defensive yep. lineman. And then you're still playing with five DBs. So when you watch the Rams, like they don't want to live in that thing uh, in the run game, and they probably don't want to have to deal with those linebackers in in pass coverage. So for for Todd Munkin, it's just trying to 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 react to what they're trying to stay in, what they're trying to stay out of, and force them to get into those bad matchups. And so whether it's in the run of the pass, I think it's going to be interesting to see this chess match when it comes to Todd Munkin. He's already made a big adjustment. How are these adjustments going to look with a whole week? Like they're coming off a bye. What are they going to be able to scheme up and dream up? Um, Will it show in the red zone? I don't think they were very good in the red zone against the Chargers for all the yards they racked up. They couldn't get in the end zone. And I think Lamar, if you're watching him closely, is having trouble throwing the deep ball this year. With accuracy, with efficiency, the numbers back that up. If you're the Rams, challenge him to throw that deep ball. You know, you're going to have to commit a lot of bodies in the run game. Challenge him to throw that deep ball. Um, Ronnie Stanley's struggling. Okay, that's something that's been quietly going on in Baltimore. Uh, he's a great tackle, but I think he's banged up. If you're Aaron Donald, you need to get your ass over there at right end and, and rush Ronnie Stanley. Because when you look at like the Rams' rush, rush package, there's really only a guy or two that can scare you. And one of them is Aaron Donald every time. And, and somebody else might win a rush here and there, but it's Aaron. So find the best matchup for him. And I think, like, especially on that side, John Simpson struggles to sort games. Like, run a bunch of games, throw a lot of shit at those two guys, and and you should not walk out of that stadium without Aaron Donald right, lining up at right end five times, at least, because it's something they got to think about. And for the Rams offensively, it's the health of these wide receivers. I don't know how, how yeah. Cooper Cup's feeling this week, and Puka had the injury last week. If they're healthy, Stafford can have a good day. 
because another thing is the Ravens, we went through the list of quarterbacks they played up until a couple weeks ago. It was like an abhorrent list. This week, you see the Rams. Matt Stafford could be one of the best guys you've seen, hands down. And this might be one of the best offenses you've played against one of the best play callers you've played. So for, for McDonald and that defensive group, um, you've got to harass Stafford, and it can't all be manufacturing pressure. Guys have got to win one-on-ones. And if you looked at the Rams against Cleveland, they they came out, they had a little trouble running the ball at times, but as the game went on, they got on edges, whether it was jet sweeps or tosses. They, they came out there and ran the toss until Baltimore could stop it, and then they ran the ball inside late in the game. Uh, not Baltimore, Cleveland. And so the point is, if you look at Baltimore's uh, explosive play cut up, which I looked at in the run game, runs over 10 yards. A lot of those are on the perimeter. I would be living there if I were the Rams. I would try to stress that area of the field if I was the Rams in the run game. I do like this as a backdoor cover opportunity, uh, and I kind of like it as an opportunity for the Rams to win this game. Yeah, six and six, they need it. They need it bad, dude, and they got a great football coach and a quarterback who, when I talked to Jay Cutler before the season, I said, how long do you think Matt Stafford can play? Because my biggest concern about him is always durability. He said with an arm like that, the guy can play in, into his 40s. And he's shown that this year. Like, his arm looks great. He looks like Matt Stafford. This is a tough spot for the Ravens. The game that's been messing with Chris's mind all wow. week, 7-5 and five Colts at 6-6 six and six Bengals, four of Cincy's last five games are against teams currently playing a backup quarterback. Browning became the 10th player in the Super Bowl era to throw for 350 or more and complete at least 85% of his passes. And I know I asked this question the other day. Can the Bengals, we, I don't, you were here. Can the Bengals uh, be the Eagles? Probably not. You know, 2017 Eagles, where you have a talented roster around you, you have, you know, like a good coordinator on defense, you have a good coordinator on offense, you can scheme people up. Browning, he's decisive. He, he's got a noodle arm a little bit, like ironic, most ironic name in the NFL. Like more like fucking noodle. I don't know, BB gun. Or mm -hmm. what, who makes a red red rider? Mm -hmm. More like red rider, not Browning. But and that and that's the thing for the for the Colts is the ball takes forever to get there. And last week I did not like Jacksonville's game plan. Like they played too much man. Uh, there were situations where they gave him easy options in the passing game they never got him into third and long like when they got in third and long you can tell they're going to be conservative they don't fully trust this guy you saw the shot down the left sideline it was like on third and medium to jamar chase you had to take that shot to keep them honest and that ball took a while to get there jacksonville's all fucked up outside um if they can get them into third and long i think they're going to have success and i think jacksonville's pass rush group looked totally um out of sorts this past week. I mean, the ball is coming out quick and everything. They didn't help themselves on first and second down by getting to third and longs where they have opportunities to tee off on him. And then they didn't rush together. And I think an also another thing I'd like to see is Jake Browning have to deal with the blitz a little bit. You know, uh, this isn't Gus Bradley's MO. He's more liable to sit back there and play three and just kind of like hang out and let the rushers rush. But he also has to understand the assignment, which is this kid has not seen pressure at the NFL level uh, with consistency over the past couple of weeks. And I want to find out, you know, I want to find out what he's got. And so I guess the background on this game is um, Sunday night, I'm in chase mode. This is where I make all my bets, like 1 a.m. It's not advisable. I'm like, fuck it. 
a lot can change for the Bengals. They might look awful tomorrow night. This line might balloon to four. I'm gonna bet. I'm gonna bet the uh, the Colts money line. Yep. At like north of minus two hundred, and wake up Monday, watch the game, and Cincinnati looks really fucking good. So obviously this game's like a pick 'em now, and I'm pot committed, and I have been talking myself into the Colts, and this is why I like the Colts. Okay, now I'm biased because I have a lot of money on the Colts, <laughs> but Grover Stewart's back for fuck's sake. He's one of my favorite players in the league. He's one of the most underrated players in the league. He was out for a while with a PED suspension, I think, and it felt like an eternity. And over this span, the Colts have gone on a streak, and the D-line has played better. Now, they've played some shitty teams, okay? So this is going to be a big opportunity for them to prove that they belong. But when I looked at them against the Titans last week, after I watched the Jacksonville tape, and I watched them one after the other, Jacksonville's pass rush unit does not look as good as the, tight, as, as the, uh, as the Colts' pass rush unit right now. You take Josh Allen off the field, it is a fucking average burger out there for Jacksonville. And at least Indy has a couple guys who are getting home right now in Buckner, um, in Quiddy Pay, who had one of the best weeks of, of, of his year, and in, in, in Grover Stewart, who's going to be back, and he's a great run stopper. They've got guys that rush together, you know, and I think that's going to be the assignment this week. Harass this guy, and you can win this game. And I also like Shane Steichen against Anna Rumo, two great coordinators. I there's not as there's not as much tape on Shane as a head coach. You know, like this is the, the time of the season that you start you start trying some concepts that you've been saving for big moments. Um, I'm excited about this game. And it's on the road. And Indy's got some good road wins. You gotta look back to September, but they beat Baltimore on the road, they beat Houston on the road. Like Indy has done this. And uh Gardner Minshew looks up to the task. And it's also Gardner Minshew's best offensive scheme he's been in. It really is. I, I can confidently say that. You know, so all the numbers about Gardner Minshew doesn't cover all that stuff. Eight weeks ago, you looked at those numbers, you were like, I'm never betting the Colts. But they have looked different, uh, and he has looked different at times. Colts have won four in a row. Bucks are five and seven. They're at the Falcons six and six. This is the last of our top tier. Are we in the Christmas tree tier? Is that where we are? Is that what I we think we're, we're just finishing up the Christmas tree tier, and this is going to be a quick one. There's only space on the tree for one more ornament. Bijan said this is the Super Bowl. That's it, dude. Bijan said it's the Super Bowl. You heard it on this show. That that tells you the magnitude of this game. And there's games like this all over the league this weekend, but the Bucks' chances of the playoffs uh, right now are around 20, 27%. Now, if they win this weekend, that goes up in a big way like plug that in right there if they win this weekend it goes up to almost 50 percent. okay and, and and conversely for the falcons i think right now they're they're between 50 and 80 percent if they win this game i think this jumps up north of 80 percent for them they're 63 percent right now the numbers confirm it if they win they're 84 percent to make the playoffs. chris kornacki over here bro like this is a monumental game dude and 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 in this division all one of these teams has to do is win a couple games in a row, and you're going to be like, see you later, Saints, see you later, Panthers, see you later, Bucks. And the Bucks have just hung around. This is their last gasp. And if I'm the Falcons, we got to run the football, and we got to get on these guys' edges, and we got to burn the ships when it comes to B. John Robinson and that rookie wall. You know, we are past that point. Um, Kyle Pitts' health is, is concerning to me. Like when you watch him run routes right now, he he literally cannot push off his his right side. He's got a knee or something like that. You can see it on the field. So like I I think the guys outside have to step up big time. 
big time. And this secondary in Tampa, not very good. So if you can get on the edge and run the football, when you saw these guys play the first time, I was on the wrong side of that game. And the only reason that Tampa was in it is because Desmond Ritter turned the ball over a number of times, down at the pylon, the whole thing. Limit the turnovers, run the football. I feel like you can get out of here with a win. And it's time for the Falcons to realize their potential as a team because this defense is starting to play well statistically. I thought they were on death's door when Josh Dobbs uh, kicked down the door and, and, and moved the ball up and down the field on him. Uh, Jaron Hall was moving the ball that day. But since then, they've gotten some things together. Ibakite has been balling. This guy's got like six, seven sacks the last six weeks of the season. I look for him to have a big day. And uh, this is why you bring in guys like Jesse Bates, you know, guys that have played in Super Bowls, guys that have been in big situations. He will not feel the pressure of this situation. He will educate these guys on what it takes all week. And he'll be that guy out on the field, your field general, who's made some of the biggest plays for you this year. He's got to take the ball off of Baker Mayfield at least once because that's been a thing. When they've created those big turnovers, whether it was against Bryce Young or there were, whether it was against um, you know the Saints a week ago, those turnovers mean wins for them. So go get the ball and don't give it away if you're Desmond Ritter. Only one game against a team with a winning record rest of the way for Atlanta. It really lines up for them. Next tier, Secret Santa. Secret Santa tier is led by Texans 7-5 and five at Jets 4-8. and eight. CJ Stroud, call an ambulance, but not for me. I don't have Tank Dell. I got Nico Collins, nine yeah. for one ninety-one and a touchdown. And you got Brevin uh, Brevin Jordan, Brevin um, Jordan, who's who's an interesting player to me because he wears a weird number. And you're like, are you a wide receiver? Like, what are you? You're tight end. You're a tight end. Justin Watson situation. Yeah, like you but can reverse. you can use that guy in a lot of different ways. So you know, Schultz is is probably up. He's been he's been in and out of the injury report. Missed last week. Like, I want to see how you adjust to Tank Dell being out. And I think Slowly's done a great job akin to the way that Todd Munkin has done a great job in, in Baltimore this year and then has hit the curveball with a personnel change. This isn't quite that drastic because I think Mark Andrews is like Lamar's best friend in football sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Tank Dell's that guy for, for, for CJ, but I think there's enough guys out there. Nico Collins has stepped up, as you mentioned. Noah Brown, Brevin Jordan. Um, you know, don't forget about the fact that they have uh, Robert Woods. And I know that hasn't been like the best uh, return on investment so far on the field, but he's a veteran who's going to help them get through this this situation. I think the biggest story here is obviously Zach Wilson finding Kunt. If Zach Wilson can find his Kunt, maybe it's a game, but does it really change much? You know, the Texans can stop the run. Uh, it's a bad matchup offensively for the Jets. Uh, and and a, a sleeper storyline here is does does Will Anderson enter the defensive rookie of the year conversation? His stats are not eye popping. What's he got? Five sacks, six sacks, something like that. It'd be a big win for the tape watchers. For the tape watchers, yeah. exactly, because the stats don't always tell the whole story. This guy's been balling out, and making some big plays, and affecting things in the run game, in the pass game. I think he's a really smart player, and I think that's the best compliment I can give him. Is he he seems to to play like a 28-year-old guy. And they've got a couple rookies like that. And so credit to Nick Casario, who, by the way, you've seen some of these New England make the playoff. Uh, oh, yeah, there's a path. I mean, I can't believe people are spending a They're couple in the hours on this stuff and formulating these graphics and doing these, these scenarios. But like, some teams have to lose five games in a row. One of them is the Houston Texans. Nick Casario, <laughs> who came from New England, 
could have a hand in eliminating his old team you know, early in December this weekend. And so I fully expect for them to go up here. And I know they have a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach, but I expect for them to grow up a little bit more as a team and take this next step and win a tough game on the road. C.J. Stroud, another thing, it's a weekend where you're talking about weather. We talked about Geno. We talked about all these people. He's not one of these Pac-12 guys. He's not one of these SEC guys. I, I got in the league with some guys that when, when they got drafted in Philly, it was like the first thing he said was like, holy shit, I've never played in a game lower than 50 degrees. You know, like that's a real thing for some guys. And for quarterbacks, it really matters. This guy played in the Big Ten. He's played in inclement weather. Um, he should shine this time of year, even for being a rookie. You know, he's shown us throughout the year that he's anything but it between the years. And the same thing with D'Amico as a head coach. There's been some bumps in the road, but these guys are, are, are conducting themselves on the field like a veteran group, and it bleeds into every situation, especially defensively. That group just plays older than it is. And while Stroud is a lock for Offensive Rookie of the Year, we do have a three-horse race for de Defensive Rookie of the Year. Jalen Carter, minus 200. Witherspoon, plus 300. Willie Anderson, plus 400. So I was a little bit worried about Witherspoon there for a second because his odds got kind of close in Jalen's, but seeing that number move back to Jalen, I feel pretty good about it. And the Eagles' defense isn't great, but – can you imagine this week if he goes out and has a sack and a half or beats Zach Martin up? Think, you know, like as long as he plays the next five games, he's got it. God, I'm hopeful. My family's hopeful. Hey, my guy Jared Goff has only played in the state of California or inside Ford Field. He and the Lions are three point favorites in Chicago. You're shitting me. Yeah, three points. This is where it starts to show up. I like the Bears here. I like a money line. I'm jumping out of the gym for this group. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's fake fake what happened a now, couple weeks ago i had the total at 40 i believe and now it looks like it's 43 that's quite a jump in, in yeah but your total's 40 you're you're locked into yeah, 40, 40 and i still think it goes under there i got it at 44 backy's guy laporta just went over 100 for the first time last week laporta's great i just can't imagine uh, where, where, where's uh, laporta from university of iowa <laughs> yeah Tied so you. so listen i i just can't imagine a scenario where i think Okay. If you're worried about points in this game, I think I'm more worried about Detroit because they're just not like this isn't. Yeah, they can run the fuck out of the football, but they're going to have to drop back and pass it because Chicago. We've got a sun god running around out there. Well, Chicago's pretty fucking good stopping the run. Like that's one thing they've been able to hang their hats on. Like Eberflus has got this group to his credit playing a lot better now. He's probably not going to keep his job. But he has definitely rounded the, the corner with this defense a little bit. You watched him play Minnesota. I was really complimentary of every level of that defense. And, you know, a guy like Jalen Johnson's got to get a turnover this weekend because Jared Goff, we talked about it, 28th passer rating playing outside, 27th or 20, 28th, one of the two. Um, there's 30-mile-per-hour gusts is something uh, I read here. Gusts. Coming, coming, coming off Well, the, it's 18 if it's not gusting. And, coming off Lake Michigan. And you, know, you, know, you, know, Macon, you don't know anything about that, man. That Lake uh, Michigan no. wind. I have dude. spent nights on the on no. the shores of Lake Michigan. Not not, not like that, man. This is going like to be a shit show, and I love it. Detroit. No Frank Ragnow. No Frank Ragnow. Um they're off a bye, right? Like Chicago's off a bye, so they've got they're, they're, they got a rest advantage over Detroit. And I think also that game uh, that Detroit played in Sunday, you might not think of it as a physical game. You played it inside. You mm -hmm. played it on the road. New Orleans is a tough place to play. And that defense had to stay on the entire game. You know, like it, I, there's something about when, you, when you're in two-minute mode, like almost the whole game. 
even letting up those three touchdowns, going down to the wire, 27-21, the, the bad snap. Like, that game was in hand for a long time, and they were throwing the ball, and that really tires the defense out. You know, seeing that many passing plays, the 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 stress of that situation. And so for the Bears, you got that rest advantage. You got to play more physical. Um and, and the Bears playing cover three, cover one, cover two, stick to the one and two because that's those are weaknesses, relatively speaking, of golf. And I think Justin Fields has been good since he got back. I am I'm 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 a Justin Fields guy, whether it's in Chicago next year or somewhere else. He's saying all the right things in the media. Like people are asking him, Are you gonna be the quarterback of the future? You know, he's basically giving it to God. He's saying it's it's in God's hands. And, you know, like he's saying all the right things. He's not throwing anybody under the bus. I really admire the kid. This would be a huge win for him. Be a huge win for him. And he's been good under pressure. He's had more opportunities under pressure than anybody. If you watch that Minnesota game, he's off the spot the whole game. They're not going to be able to do that, though. The Detroit Lions are going to be able to do that, though. And that's what you have to hang your hat on. And so for the Lions, with Aleem McNeil out, they're going to be able to run the rock. Hopefully, if you're a Bears fan, you expect them to run the rock. Somebody's got to win. Keep saying this. Somebody's got to create a turnover on that Detroit defense. Somebody's got to win. The way Aiden at the end of the game closed that thing out, that hasn't happened a lot for Detroit this year. And for rushers in games like this, a lot of people ask me, is the advantage to the O-line or the D-line? Um, I think it just depends on what your game is like. If you're one of these guys that you know gets on an edge on one foot and, and you're Robert Quinn and you're, you're sideways uh, six inches off the ground trying to chop club somebody every play, you are going to have trouble, especially in this footing. I mean, this is a tough – this stadium, I can remember, uh, and I don't know what they've done to the grass since this, but me and Greg Olson uh, were laughing about this recently where I was in a six technique and he's blocking me and we're both dug into the ground and we'd both slide whichever direction, <laughs> you know, wherever we were in the, on the field, like there'd be patches uh, that were less stable and, you know, I'd be anchoring this guy and Greg wasn't fucking George Kittle out there. Like I can handle Greg in the run game, but I was sliding backwards and, you know, like you have to worry about this surface. And if you're a rusher, have the right cleats on, have the right game plan, play with power, make these guys have to anchor and set their feet into the ground. Like this is a power rusher game. That is a uh, Chicago uh, Park District. Yeah. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Thing. Yeah. That grass is a thing. Yeah. Is sure. it just bad grass everywhere in Chicago? It's like Notre Dame out there. Yeah. What's, what what are you trying Dame? to say about? Yeah, what, what are you trying to say about the center of the college football universe? The Chargers six points against New England were their fewest in a win in franchise history. Previous low came in a 7-6 victory over the Patriots, 1963. Chargers host God's team, 425 yeah, on CBS. I think I'm going to be on the Broncos here. I, is that is that public? Is that stupid? No, it's 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 this studio, which all this studio does is win. Steve it, took them. Yeah. Sounded good to me. And Reed likes them, and every time we've bet the Broncos, I feel like it's worked out pretty well. So um you got to feel like you can run the ball you have to at least believe that um you have to come in with that attitude i think if you can set up the play action we talk about the chargers and their defense and they have a lot of weaknesses but one of them that i would be looking at would be those linebackers in coverage so if you can take advantage of that get these guys taking a step or two downfield having them think about things like then it opens up what russell's going to do well which is the dink and dunk over the top of the second level of the defense uh, in that intermediate area, I think that's where the yardage can be had for Russell. Um, Josh Palmer could be back. 
for Justin Herbert. And I think uh, the receiver room situation has made it difficult for him. I'm not going to sit here and put this year on Justin Herbert. Not that that's a hot take at this point. You have your people dug in on quarterbacks. I'm not dug in on Justin Herbert. I think he's he, he has the potential to be an elite quarterback in this league for years to come. If you don't believe that, I don't know what you're looking at. This offense is not great. They can't run the ball. You've got Brandon Staley talking about we're going to make a switch at running back. Eckler, since he got back, he's like bottom three in in yards and attempt. He's he's in the bottom ten in yards after contact. He's got drops. Uh, he's he has fumbles. He has not been the same. And when I looked at this run game early in the season, I don't think they can really change anything. So even if Kelly's getting more touches. I think the personnel decisions that they made up front and some of the scheme, and especially tight ends not being involved in the blocking uh, in in the in the run blocking game, like I I just don't see them making a switch by by shaking things up. Now Eckler's vision wasn't great last week. There's some big holes that he just didn't run into, uh, but I don't think that's going to do it alone. And I don't think Josh Palmer come back come back is going to do it alone. Like and Keenan Allen, you've got Pat Sertan. So I don't know who wins that matchup, but at least you feel like you can you can do something to take him away without having to employ all these bodies. I like the 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 resource allocation for the Denver defense. I really do. And I think for for Russell, it's all about if you can get that run game going, you can win this game. I want to shout out Khalil Mack. Guy's got 15 sacks. I mean, most people aren't even watching him play. You know, I mean, we talk about all these defensive player of the year candidates. He's up there with all of them, and he's already won the award in his career. And it feels like many moons ago, but I love seeing a guy who people left for dead relative to his standard of play coming back and having a year like this, especially because he's a friend of the program, and we love Khalil Mack. So big shout-out to him. When everything is going wrong around you to still get buckets, that is is impressive to me. So shouting him out. And finally – Talking about Russ and the future, it's never too early to look into the future, Reed. Next year, are you drafting a quarterback? Because you can't get out of this contract next year. From what I understand, it's probably one more year, and then it's it, you can one, actually – Yeah, 2025, we'd have to pay some money. 2026, we'd be able to skate out. Okay. So like, do you stick with this thing for one more year? I think it depends, it depends on who is around because like, there's some other positions that we need help with. Uh, but if there is a quarterback, I mean, at the top, there's going to be a rush, right, of quarterbacks of the draft. But if there's a quarterback who, because um, there is, it is deep this year. So if there's a the, if there's a guy there that you can stash do the bridge thing and hang out, exactly do the bridge thing. I know they have other needs and all that, but like in a year and a half, two years, if you don't have a quarterback and Russ plays you into the middle of the draft again, you might not have this opportunity again. And so Penix and Daniels might be their exactly. middle of the first. You win this game. Which would be perfect. You win this game. Let's go try to go to the playoffs. Like, but in, if in two weeks this thing isn't looking as rosy for these guys, like these are conversations that people need to have. I mean, these are conversations that they're already having in this building and they probably know what they're doing. Uh, but this can go a couple different ways. And it's not dissimilar to the conversation with Gino. It, it's different, but it's all right, we have a guy, but look in the division. Do we feel good about – now, they beat Kansas City once this year with Russell Wilson and the whole thing, but do you feel good about winning this division year in and year out with Russell Wilson aging as your quarterback? Like at some point you have to 
to think about the big picture. Too. Like that was a win, but it was our first in what, like 17 yeah. against that team. So yeah. no, you don't have confidence that he can is, do that in each each game against Kansas City. Is Russell Wilson the guy to mentor that that new quarterback? That I don't up? know. Like, is that is there an importance on that? I mean, Aaron Rodgers wasn't huge on doing it with love. You know, I supposedly think he'll say the, the media, right things if they draft somebody, but I can't see Russell being very happy about it. I don't I, think Russell's I, aware of his situation. No, but I can see Sean Payton being yes. very good at this is what Russell does well. This is what you need to watch for. I got Russell's a new game. girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Her name's yeah. Quinn Ewers, third round. I can get you Quinn very Ewers good. in the third round if you'd uh, like. Like that better. Be all right. I mean, and yeah, you probably where you draft a guy, if you draft somebody in the third round or something, that's not that, that shouldn't hurt his ego. But if you do pick somebody in the top 10 or top 15, like there's going to be a situation. How well would he handle it? I don't know. I don't want to get too far down the road, but it's an interesting question to ask a Broncos fan is like, do you realize that as exciting as the last five weeks has been, y'all aren't going to be there with this setup? Yeah. You know, and so. It definitely feels closer to like this year as the only, as like almost the only opportunity versus like the next four or five. Yes. You know what I mean? I just hate for you to be in a situation, and you got a new owner, who knows what he thinks, but yeah. in, in a year, I'd hate for you to be in a situation where you're like, okay, now we absolutely can't draft a quarterback, and Russell's 35 or 36, right? and he fell off a cliff. Yeah, he has said he wanted to play till 40, of so taking one that. like in the first or second round probably will hurt you know, his thinking, but he'll have to put up with it. Yeah, or, play, or, or play great, Yeah, you know? Um, so anyways, I, I like the Broncos here. I like to podcast until ninety. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> six and six Vikings are at the five and seven Raiders. Injury designations for Max Crosby and Colton Miller both set out Wednesday practice. This is a uh, this is a big deal. And like you know, before I heard Jefferson was back, and I figured Jefferson might be back, but really for me, I was kind of falling for the Josh Dobbs might not be the starting quarterback this week stuff. And I threw them in a, a money line parlay. I kind of like the Raiders in this spot, but on paper, it's not looking good. No. Because Aiden O'Connell's not real good against the Blitz. Um, he's outside the top 32. You know the Vikings are going to heat him up. The only answer I could have for for the Vikings and their aggressive nature is, like, have quick, easy options to get Devontae the ball because they don't really have somebody in coverage who I feel good about matching up with Devontae Adams. Get the ball out quick, find him, commit to the running game because you can run the ball on these guys. And Josh Jacobs, the last time they played, they played Kansas City. They came out and ran the ball. And they also took advantage of matchups when they knew they were in man. And I thought um, this young offensive coordinator did a great job. So I'm really excited to see um, what this yields. I think in general, this is just a really exciting opportunity uh, for Antonio Pierce. Uh, if you can win this game, I feel like this job is is almost yours because this is one of those games where the two teams are pretty evenly matched. You can stay in the playoff race, which sounds crazy. Um, if you can if you can orchestrate an effort where Aiden O'Connell's weaknesses are hidden against this defense from a game plan perspective, and if Max Crosby, and that's all you got really uh, on defense, if you can come out of this thing with a win, I feel like you got to credit the coach and you got to credit credit the staff. So. Um, Raiders catching three. I'm not going to do anything else with this game other than the parlay I threw in. And let, let's not underplay the the nephew uncle battle between exactly. Aiden and Kevin O'Connell. Exactly. I like to. Uh, this is one of my favorite moments this year. We had Kevin O'Connell on the show, and one we of the, had Kevin O'Connell. One of the we show did. notes was 
hey, this guy's related to uh, Aiden O'Connell. And so I finished the Aiden o or the Kevin O'Connell uh, interview with a hey, one one last question, coach, before you head to practice. It's it's Las Vegas. It's the Super Bowl. The Raiders have made a run. The Vikings have made a run. Aiden O'Connell's the starting quarterback. What are you going to do? And I'm kind of expecting him to laugh and be like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm not taking it easy on him. You know, he's my nephew. And I uh, really don't get any of that. I, I just kind of got to uh, run our stuff, you know? <laughs> uh, and then five minutes hey. after the interview, I fact check that, and it's not true at all. So they're not related. Northside Chicago kid, Aiden O'Connell. Is he? Yeah. Okay. Northside Chicago kid. That uh -huh. explains the Farva mm, mustache. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I Antonio Pierce looks like a a Raider. Yeah, he should. He had, I love he, him there. He fits I think he the fits the bill. He didn't play for him. I Looks understand. Like we New talked York about this Giant. before. I'm a day. Hey, I'm all about the Giants, but he fits the bill. I think those guys play hard for him. Yeah. They should keep him. I think so too. You win this game, it's going to be hard to 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 let him go at the end of the season because all of a sudden. This All right, throw a patch hey. on him. He looks like a rate. It's perfect. I don't want to get out of my The same thing about Rich Passaccia. Yeah, but they no fired him. I know, but it was the wrong decision. Rich, Rich had won four in a row at the end of that season. But you know, the second time, are you are you going to make that mistake? And I think that's like the terrifying thing. You already can't live that one down. You hired Josh McDaniels. This guy had you winning games down the stretch. You fired him because you didn't like the offensive game plan in uh, in the in the in the wild card round or whatever it was against the Raiders or against the Bengals, and all of a sudden, you've got this guy that forgot how to coach offense. So I think I think they're going to be pressured to look hard at this interim coach. The Jags are at the Browns. These two teams have combined for 15 wins, and the quarterback Sunday will be C.J. Beathard and perhaps a combo of DTR and Joe Flacco. Beathard's great at the podium. Beathard... But I, we've said it several times. He's loose out there. He's in control. He's in command. He's having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've always liked Beathard. I, I don't like this spot for him because I think the Browns defense is totally different at home. And we thought we might not get Garrett, uh, Miles Garrett for a while, but, but he played last week. He's going to play this week. And, you know, the only teams that have been able to take advantage of this Cleveland defense have gone gap scheme, have run the football. Uh, if you look at Indy, if you look at Baltimore, I mean, Indy's more of an inside zone team, and they lined up and ran gap scheme shit, and they scored 38 points on these guys. Some of it was the passing game. But the point is, is like, you can, you yards can be had against this defense. You know, yards were had last week in a different way, albeit. But it's not like these guys are what we were led to believe they were, which is like the, the Ravens from the turn of the century. They're not that group. You're not that guy. You know, that meme, you're not that guy. That's what you got to come in and say if you're C.J. Beathard and you're Doug Peterson. But the problem I have is how can you run the ball on the Browns if you haven't been able to run the ball on anybody else? And, you know, like the Rams, they got on the edges against these guys. Maybe that's your answer. Quick stuff, jet sweeps, perimeter stuff, quick game, all that. But I just feel like with Christian Kirk out – and CJ, who has a shoulder, by the way, already, um, you're not going to live throwing the ball 40 times this game, especially with how fast these backers and these second-level guys are for Cleveland, top-down, tackling. I worry about that. The total is 30.5 points. Is it 30? And I might have to throw that one in, too. Which way? Under. 
I, I think with the connection that it's a small miracle that the University of Iowa has a starting quarterback in the NFL. He was going to go Beathard. I think you got to go uh, under. Yeah, you got to go under because all the Iowa is too much. Hit, yeah, and there's too much Iowa. Seventeen thirteen. And, and the other and the the other question I have is this: Okay, if DTR is healthy, is anybody putting him back in there? I you know like there. Listen, we've complimented the kid. He might be okay, but you've got this 38-year-old guy who just came off the couch. And if you look at that first drive, I know it's the script and everything. And, you know, they had that one throwback play in the red zone that a guy was wide open. I think Stefanski's a great play caller. Now it's just about adjusting, you know, your calls to suit him. And I think you can do it. I think you should do it. I wouldn't put DTR back in there, even if he clears protocol, because, you know, I, I see what he does with his arm. Joe Flacco, his arm's still there. Like, the pick was bad, but he can still run this offense. DTR is a passer. The reason he gives you an edge is because you can involve some of these move-the-pocket things. You know, you can hit the edge on third and four and, and run a quarterback sweep. You can run a draw. Flacco's not going to give you that, but here, here's the reason I feel comfortable with him back there is this offensive line's very good. This offensive line is very good. So if, I, if I'm if i the, the the Browns and I'm looking at the Jags and Bears the next two weeks, okay, you pick up two wins there. They finish with the Browns and Bengals, or not with the Browns and Bengals. They finish with the Browns and 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 somebody else. Browns finish with the Browns? The Jets. The Bra They finish with the Jets and Bengals. Um, and you know what? Like, I think they could make a little run here. I keep going back and forth on this team, but if Joe Flacco has a pulse – uh, you don't want to throw the ball 40 times a game with him. That's what they did out the gate when he was in in New York with the Jets. That's what they did last week. If you can get back to your bread and butter and suit the offense to him, I think you could be okay here looking at the schedule. I'm not saying you go in the playoffs and win a playoff game, but here's one guy to watch as you're putting your props in this weekend. Elijah Moore. He has come on over the last month, four and a half targets a game, 58 yards a game. He's top 10 in the league in average separation per next-gen stats. And Flacco is the guy that helped him get his only 100-yard game in the NFL when he was with the Jets. Mm. And I've always liked this Elijah Moore guy. He's been one of these guys that you're like, why hasn't he come on more? Ole Miss Rebel. Maybe this is an opportunity for him and a quarterback that he has good chemistry with to build a rapport and to be a real plus for them down the stretch. Christian Kirk out a long time. A long time. Long time. All right, we're to the uh, Christmas Carol tier portion of the show, unless you're getting paid to sing the Christmas carols. Panthers at, at Saints. Carolina's loss to Tampa Bay left the Panthers as the first team eliminated from playoff contention this year. So this is the bad vibes bowl, man. You know, this is just bad vibes. The Panthers just fired a coach. People are calling for, you know, QB's head in New Orleans. They're asking for, you know, a, they're asking for a quarterback in the draft. Like, this is a bad deal. I'm talking about fired Dennis Allen. You got Michael Thomas tweeting about his team during the game. You know, like, AT is wide open. When your eyes don't work, people get hurt. God is with Jameis. Like, it's obvious he doesn't like Derek Carr, right? Okay, like that's what I'm reading from this situation. And then he deleted his account afterwards, which is like, eh, that's drastic. For all the things that I've said and done on, on X or Twitter, I've never Can't been follow that close. Mike. Can't follow Mike. Uh, Thinking man's joke. And listen, fans in New Orleans, I totally hear you. You know, there should be a change made soon. If, if Derek Carr is healthy this week and plays – 
um, and he can't get the job done, huh? Well, as a Detroit Lion backer last week, that's 24-21 with four minutes to go in the third quarter. It's the Lions. After the Taysom Hill touchdown run. And I don't mean this disparagingly, but it's the Lions. It's the Lions defense, and it's a game that's out of phase, and that's where you can get, get a lot of yardage and chunks um, You know, coming back in a game like that. So I, I want to see them take care of business at home. They're laying a lot of points. I like the Panthers here, you know, if you're catching the points. Um, but but here's the the biggest structural issue I have with the Saints, okay? You bring in Derek Carr. The backup, Seamus Winston. His backup is is uh, is like a guy from the 40s, right? <laughs> so, you know, like Derek Carr gets hurt. You turn to Jameis Winston. That's your backup. Yeah, on the surface, that guy threw for a million yards in Tampa. It's this great college quarterback, the whole thing. But since 2014, the leading interception guys in the league have been Carr and uh, Winston. They're both top fivers in that stat. So, like, when you talk about having a backup quarterback, when your guy goes down, you want a guy that can run the offense, not turn the ball over. He doesn't have to be a huge plus. He's not like a gunslinger, um, but he's a guy that can kind of take care of business. I don't think Jameis Winston's that guy, and that's why I worry about them. When Carr's out, you think, oh, they're set up well. They've got two starting quarterbacks in the National Football League, but they don't have one that's not turnover prone. And you saw the turnovers hurting them in the red zone. Taysom Hill's banged up. If I were them, I'd start Taysom Hill this week if he wasn't banged up. He's got like a leg. He's got like an arm. He's got everything because all he fucking does is run through a motherfucker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, like this week would be the week to start him and just jam the ball down their throat because Carolina can't stop the run. So that's what you got to do anyways. And you got to limit the turnovers. There's, there's, You cannot turn the ball over not once against this team. You know, you're not that good to be making mistakes and the way this thing's been set up they've got guys that make mistakes at quarterback and i don't like the scheme they have no identity they haven't it, it haven't seemed interested in winning this division so this is a game if they don't win this game pack it in guys and and i would agree with saints fans that then you can look at a quarterback next year and you could look at um you could look at Jaden daniels you could look Careful. at yeah jake hayner sitting there on your roster fresno state also, Jaden Daniels, Broncos. We already just oh yeah, we, we placed them on the Broncos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, New Orleans wins. Crab legs on me. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Will nice. you will you really get some good crab legs? No doubt. Really? No doubt. Where are you gonna find them? Andersons? Yeah, we'll find them. Okay. okay I got another guy. So we got a crab Sunday leg guy. Afternoon at... Yeah, I got a crab leg guy. <laughs> okay, good. If New Orleans wins, we're doing crab legs. We're eating good. And that's the slate. Well, week uh, real 14. fast, some we can react to developing news. Uh, Lamar Jackson did not practice today. He is out with an illness. This happens did with Lamar. Did I bet Lamar. the Rams hard enough? IV. This Him happens IV with Lamar. I think he'll be fine. I still play. He might, have, he might shit himself like he did against <laughs> the Browns that one year. Remember when he, he did the dookie walk back into the, yeah. the hallway? He, had the he has these stomach bugs from time to he time. He does. Let's, let's see if the line's moved and let's see if my memory serves me correctly. Yes, I bet the fuck out of the Rams last night at 114 a.m. <laughs> and then I bet the, the Bears total at 115 a.m. It is still seven and a half at the moment. Okay. Yeah. One th I, I want to circle back on the Bears Detroit. 
that game will be a game of a broken play winning it, a long run by Fields. Yeah. Bears are set up to win games like that. They're not set up to win a lot of games. Yeah. But a weird game like that. And Detroit's just not set up to win like that. Yeah. They're not in that environment, in that, in that stadium. I think I think you're looking at the Bears money line for sure. I like Bears money line. Yeah. The other thing is now there's a theory, on, there's guys. a theory out there on Vegas, right? Yeah. That they're making the the lines a little bit easier so that to get rid of the small guy that might be taking bets on the corner of the street over yeah. there. So I th- that line should be bigger than it really you're is. You're saying in Chicago they're kind of they're gaming the system because these local bookies are giving uh, more disadvantageous lines. They so want Vegas wants to get the Bears fans to take their lines. No, the the theory is Vegas has made lines a little bit easier to eliminate the small town bookies Got because it. now it's, it's across competition the board. across the board. It has nothing to do with Chicago. So it's so, about taking the favorites. Yeah, well, not in this instance, but I no, think there's I think certain lines because so I'm kind of talking about two different things, yeah. but. The, the the point is lines aren't where they should be, and this line should be. I guess you know the Bears coming off a bye week. I get it, but yeah. like it should be at least five, and it's not. It is a little bit surprising. The total is a little surprising anyway, to me, um, but but I'll take it. The you know? total being the total is very surprising. And you know what else is happening right now? Favorites are starting. And if you watch the NFL, all of a sudden, if you talk to people that bet bet these games year in and year out. You know, uh, the totals start hitting late in the season. The favorites start covering. Last week, we had a bunch of favorites cover. Week before. Week before. All... So it's the the switch is is maybe coming, and the Undertaker's got to be careful. Because yes, and you also got to remember that back in the day, th- this wasn't competition for Vegas, but now with the apps and all that stuff, it is. Yeah. So they want the money to to go towards Vegas. That's interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. My lines have gone to Kansas City and one. They've gone to Green Bay and one. All right, they can go to Chicago and win and cover. All right, I mean your Lions. My Lions. You picked them fourth in the division. <laughs> <laughs> Things <laughs> change, man. What? Things so change. good. My Lions. <laughs> and I picked the Bears to win. <laughs> you picked the Bears to win the division. I just want points. <laughs> you shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time makes it easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, even last-minute deals. I know because I always wait to the last minute. You can preview the views from all your seats in the venue and game time's lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, protects my tickets. What I need, game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total upfront. So you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code GreenLight for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code GreenLight. G-R-E-E-N-L-I-G-H-T. That's the code for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. I went on Brian Baumgartner's pod. Nice. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, they, Got it. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, from The Office. You know Kevin from The Office? Yeah. yeah. It was fucking awesome. He's the coolest guy ever. So I don't know when that pod comes out, but like, I don't know if I'm spilling the beans because I don't know if he just- Oh, office reference. Yeah. yeah. Chili. So, yeah. So, so Kev Kevin has a great podcast and is cool as shit and is a Packers fan. As I think some people might know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, guy uh, likes a sausage, dude. I would, yeah. Doing, yeah. So I mean, my man, he has a great podcast. Uh, I enjoyed it, and we might see him at the Super Bowl. Oh, cool. He was like, "Y'all going out to the Super Bowl?" I was like, "Absolutely." So we we, we might get a beer with with Brian at some point, but uh, just wanted to share that because it was kind of surreal. We we watched that show for many years, and some of us are still watching. I'm sure you still fired up. Sure do. Uh, just being on the other side of the Zoom with that guy. Uh, and I told him, I've met a couple of these office characters over the years. Ed Helms, when we were at, uh, Lily, you remember that? Billy Nelson. You were there. Yeah. We were up in that, we were up in that. Uh, it was like the tent, like off to the side area. It's like a VIP tent after the yeah. Willie Nelson show in yeah. LA at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. And he's standing right there. And I, I didn't go up to say anything because <laughs> I was like, well, we were, we were on another planet. I was. We were coming back oof. down to our planet. Uh, cold i just didn't want to make that first impression with ed helms <laughs> yeah. but but me and ed have a, a thing because he did the the uh the the uh, graduation speech at uva the year before me oh. or the year after i can't remember which one year before i want to say i was studying his speech but i can't say that for sure i definitely watched it at least to compare to see how much i sucked but ed helms seems like a great guy yeah. and the point is if we get around ed helms again now we have an entry point Hey, I'm friends with Brian Baumgartner. Been on, on his, his pod. <laughs> okay. So a great uh, palm. Yeah, he's cool. Uh, all right. So we, we promised to do wag and the show got long. Uh, do you want to try one of your wags? This in-season tourney. All right. I, I I hate to throw out the G word, but I'm I'm being gaslit. You're being gaslit. We're all being gaslit. We are told that everybody's caring about this thing. nobody cares about this nobody thing. gives a shit about this in At season all. tournament my, dude my kid the other night was like dad what's going on here and he's like an nba fan he uh, he i was like well couldn't tell you if they win this tournament something happens and <laughs> i was talking out of my ass yeah I'm rarely doing that to my kid pure about jersey sales I yeah. know all that is. Except the Lakers Jersey can't stuff. even wear their black jerseys because they painted the courts too darn dark. It, the courts are stuff. abhorrent. Giannis is out there after the game uh, the other night, and they're like, uh, you know, how do you feel? And he's like, yeah, I'm away from my family. Like, you know, like <laughs> uh, the, whole, the whole thing. He didn't even know. He acted like he didn't know he was getting paid, but Matt made the point. Like, he definitely knows he's getting paid because his brother's getting 500K. Like, the, oh, but the, the, the you, players are playing so hard. Whoop de doo. Whoop de fucking do. The games count. You're in your season. Do people like this, Matt? We, we or pat NBA you on heads the back? acting like it's like cool? Ratings are higher. Podcasts are talking about it. Yeah. I mean, the dudes do seem to be playing harder in those games. In I the like the play in game. Mm. That's, yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's a real positive. Mm -hmm. But in yeah, this season tournament. Fuck out of here, dude. You have 82 games. Yeah, that's and the if, tournament. Yeah. If there was a thing, everyone else would be doing it. Like, not the this, thing. don't, it's don't, not the thing. no. This is. You're, you're, play hard just play hard you're seeming like major league baseball with this gimmick yeah oh yeah interleague play yeah cool say <laughs> I, 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 that, that's a whole nother. okay oh yeah whoever wins the all-star game is gonna host interleague play was World great Series. back in the day 
fuck? But what is pretty cool, that's you know, cool. I like you that. like the all. I like because it, it then it makes them do some like it. They're, they're, it what it's about not the, the NBA? The better record. Look at the NBA. What's wrong with the hat? No, because I like it. it that's the. Yeah. That, that, it's classic baseball. Yeah. Beautiful thing. Beautiful. Do you know what's Beautiful neat thing. about uh, the the four teams who are in the semis of the in-season tournament? What? Couldn't tell you. Exactly. <laughs> I was about to say, I have no idea. I think the, the Pacers won a game or yeah, something? Yeah, Awesome. Fuck's sake. Good for Rick Carlisle. Yeah, Rick. Is Rick still Is he at the helm? Oh, yeah. Still? Is Rick? Yeah. yeah. Huh? All right. Lakers, Kings, Pelicans, Pacers. But yeah. So I'm going to wag on the Niners. I know everybody's obsessed with the Niners right now, and you can't find anything wrong about them. I found plenty of things wrong about these fucking guys. Mm. I'm kind of worried about them down the stretch uh, for a number of reasons. Number one, they've only been in one one-score game. Uh -oh. All their wins are way too easy. Uh-oh. Yes, that's a big uh-oh. 0-2 uh, against Ohio teams. Take that for what you will. They can't win in Ohio or against any team from Ohio. It's a swing state. It's a swing state. You're going to need that state. Uh, have a coach with a flat-brimmed hat. Yep. Who was the last one to win a Super Bowl with a flat-brimmed hat? Not applicable. X Games. Have never seen a – yeah, it's, he's got, he like looks an like an X Games guy. With the same never thing. seen an X Games guy win a Super Bowl. On top of that, uh, I've never seen Mike Shanahan, any of his kids, win a Super Bowl. Mm. So no Mike Shanahan uh, progeny has ever, has ever done this. Um, let's see. They have the fourth worst field goal percentage. Yikes. Jake yeah, Moody or whoever the kicker actually, is. Actually, that's bad. Like that, <laughs> <laughs> we, we found something. That's actually a problem. Yeah. Uh, they're 32nd in pass plays. What are they not confident in Brock Purdy? <laughs> what are they not telling us about Brock Purdy? <laughs> is there something about Brock Purdy you're not telling me? And then uh, they're 31st in dropped interceptions. Objectively bad. Okay. And then on top of that, Nobody's won a fucking Super Bowl with a white running back since John Riggins. Wow. <laughs> so I just don't see it lining up for them. Uh, they priced the middle class out when they moved to Santa Clara. They cut Colin Kaepernick. We've seen everything that's happened since then. The country's gone under. Uh, and, then, and then George Kittle doesn't wash his hair. Hey. There's no way George Kittle washes his hair or shampoos it, conditions it. That shit has to be the dirtiest head of hair in the NFL. Hey, George. We've got a lot of confidence in you, buddy. Here's Zach Ertz. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That, that makes you think, doesn't it? Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. You got two number one wide receivers. You don't have any. Steve Wilkes, for instance, mm -hmm. <laughs> could be a thing mm -hmm. at some point. You know, at some point, we're going to be like, oh, Steve Wilkes. So there's a lot of reasons not to buy the Niners, is all I'm saying. Yeah. I, they don't look real good to me when you really dig into the numbers. Also, that that whole gold rush, it seems pretty greedy. Seems pretty... <laughs> I can't just stay where you are, be happy in the Midwest. Seems pretty problematic. A number of uh, you know, folks who are native to that region probably caught smallpox and all types of illnesses that their immune systems weren't prepared uh -huh. for when those guys from the Midwest came out there. And when uh, Danny Tanner died, rest his soul, no in memoriam from the folks at Levi's Stadium. Also, I saw this on Twitter the other day, that there's a shit map in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. <laughs> shit map. It's a shit map. I only saw it because they were having- I don't know if you're saying shit or ship. Shit. Shit. A Republican debate, item one. Look at this shit map in San Francisco. This is a map that shows you where people are taking shits. This actually exists. Oh, I could get into that. 
<laughs> oh. Ron DeSantis' <sighs> shit map. How's that going to come back to, to, to haunt these guys? The Full House thing's got legs, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, come but on, those man. debates are really important. Cut it out. Society. They really are. Yeah. They, 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 tell, you, they tell you how <laughs> soon we're going to all die. Uh, I, participant Christy said the quiet part out loud last night. We're all going to lose <laughs> yeah. to the guy who's not here. Yeah, exactly. You guys realize that? Yeah. So... <laughs> I'm new to the wags, right? Wags, yeah. wags. Yeah. yeah. So there's ten of us White Sox fans in the world. Total. Yeah. And I would think nine of them are really worried about them going to Nashville. Oh. I, I say go. Oh. Wow. I think they should go. The product they're putting out, everything they should go to Nashville. Wow. wow. So that's my that's my wags. And then what do you do with your baseball fandom? You know. Honestly? I, I got to be honest. I can't believe I'm saying this. And I am going to be absolutely chastised by one, my mother, and everyone else back home. I would go with the Cubs. Yeah. I, would, I can't believe I'm saying that. I would actually align with the Cubs if the White Sox moved. Because I, I like the team. I like where they're going. They bring in Craig Council, Notre Dame guy. Notre Dame guy. Yeah. Love it. If the Bears left Chicago, what do you do? They're they're leaving Chicago. Arlington I mean, Heights. They're, 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 they're going to Arlington Heights, so which is a great move, and they should. But, but here's the thing: the Bears and the Whites sell. Get out. You're done. What do you Bo- mean? They should sell. They yeah. should sell. The McCaskey should sell. Reinsdorf sell. Really? Be done with it. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. And if the Bears move to fucking L.A., who's your favorite team in the Bears in L.A.? I'm just saying. I like, just doomsday. Tell me, Where's like this? the Bears in Peoria. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Let's say the Bears move to St. Louis. Bears moved to St. Louis. I don't care. Eh, Who's your favorite team now? Giants. Really? Uh, yeah. You guys. Out of babe. All right, everybody. Take care, and uh, we'll catch you this weekend. Uh, no live stream, but, uh, you know, I'm sure they're going to have a camera in my face as I hemorrhage cash all Sunday. Uh, and Rams fans, I'm going to be rooting like hell for you guys. So you always say I'm not rooting for you. Check me out this weekend. I'm going to be the biggest Rams fan on the planet. Y'all take care. Take care.